Okay. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. USA. Say that with a straight face. The sun is back. Hey everyone, this is Liza and the word of the day is potentiometer. Get to that in a second. Uh, but let's get to who is here with us in the studio. And uh, I like this new feature. And who isn't? Yeah. <laughs> Meaning who's running late. All right. With his mouth full, joining us, uh, it is award-winning Mike. Yeah, what's up? This is Mikey Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> you got some little ma- mayonnaise on your lips. You sure it's mayonnaise? <laughs> you know, we should set up that drum set and have a drum off with you. No, for Mickey. real. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, why do you put that thing in the goddamn oh, <laughs> See, also on the Classy Girl Couch tonight, it's Miss Emma. Aloha, darlings. Hello. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. It was a good day. It was a good day. I showed up a little late. Yeah. There was a dog fight. Yeah, there was. It was scary. <laughs> yeah, a little. Well, little well, I mean, the, yeah. the, the noise coming out of that it? tiny oh, dog was biblical. Two ugly girls? Or? I don't know. We'll get, we'll get <laughs> My God, uh, Mike. Well, you could say that. They're both. <laughs> if that's the case, Emma won. Um, oh, oh, that's not mean. fair. No, no, no. That's you brought the mean. dog to the fight. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, I saved that one. Yeah, you did. Uh, on the board tonight, it's Stumpy John. Shamalama Ding Dong. And uh, we have another video that you did that we're going to be releasing that yep. once again has Miss Stumpy on it. It does. Always happy to have Miss Stumpy in my life. I just can't help feel like that's a nickname for something else. <laughs> that's for me to know and you to not know. She's very sweet. How dare you, Liza. <laughs> All right. And joining us from sunny Veneta, Oregon, it's Bagel. Don't need nothing but a good time. Mm. How can I resist? There you go. That's very nice, Bagel. Um, how is the weather in Veneta, Oregon this evening? It's uh, it's it's actually a little chilly, but uh, fairly clear at the moment, which is nice. Is there uh, is there had, frost on the ground? There there was this morning. It was everywhere. Oh dear. Um, but we've had a couple of dry days, which is a really nice change because we've had uh, nothing but wet for a while now. Bagel's nipple stays so hard he can cut glass. <laughs> <laughs> should have stayed in sunny Santa Cruz. Good Bagel should have stayed in sunny Santa Cruz. Good lord! How do you think Miss Emma cuts plexiglass? It's true. She doesn't need a plasma welder. Tra la la. Good day in the garage today. It was family day. We had Mean Megan and her two babies now. Boy, you go from one to two, and now suddenly one is loose and causing chaos. With a, with a WD-40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. is, this a, is this a new version of N plus one? Yeah. yeah. Give a toddler a bottle of uh, WD-40. Just sit back and watch the fun. Oh, yeah. He was helping everyone out with their bikes. <laughs> Spraying them on the tires and shit. No rust to be found anywhere. <laughs> I cleaned your tires. <laughs> and then uh, Little the Chihuahua um, challenged Terry, uh, Electric Terry's dog charger, the Husky, to a, fu- to a duel. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yep. Boy, she's, she held her ground, rah, bearing teeth and like 
snapped <laughs> a charger who oh like then then charger just kind of leapt onto her and started screaming emma thought like a child was being mauled no well there were tiny children at the garage yeah. which i'm i'm not used to and i saw this big kerfuffle and this just yelling and i thought charger had got hold of a child yeah, yeah little the chihuahua screams like a little girl um it is it is yeah it was scary but turns out Everyone was okay. Because apparently Chihuahuas also scream, just like a younger sibling. They scream like you're killing them just when you look at them wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. Every little sibling knows that trick. Mom! My sister still does that. She's 48. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, fun and excitement. People, stuff going on. Emma, you showed up to the garage with an interesting bike today. I did indeed. Beautiful. I would even say it's a fine specimen. Wait, we differ. <laughs> we no, we differ slightly on the outcome, but it's so um I uh, spoke to a gentleman earlier this week um who had visited the Jameson Museum looking for a home for his bike. Oh. Um he's 90 and retired from motorcycling and um he was looking to donate this bike and the Jameson's full. And besides, old man Jameson has shuffled off his mortal coil. So Wait, what? Oh. When was this? N- Neil Jameson. Oh, really? What? He, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, Neil passed on a couple of months ago. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't you didn't that. tell us. I thought I did. Oops. No. Hey, joining us now, it's Naked Jim. Hey, what's happening? Great to be here. You knew this? Uh, yeah, it was, we talked about this a while back. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. It just came no, up during conversation. Forgive me. Yeah, and I mean. I thought it was common knowledge, yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that you think is common knowledge, but clearly isn't. So anyway, the the future of the museum is solid mm-hmm. for now. But I mean, you ask me if the museum's going to be there in a year or so. Of course it is. Ask me if it's still going to be there in a decade. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure. Who's running it? Um, it's being run by um, one of the docents, Mario, who's a very, good. very good fellow. Good. And um, it's open most weekends. So anyway... Um, this gentleman, um, Richard, came in looking for a home for his bike, and um, Mario said, look, the museum's full. Give Emma a call, um, and she'll take care of you. So he gave me a call. And initially, I've got to be honest, I'm like, oh, God, I don't want this thing. Um, and then he he kind of insisted, and he said, look, you need to come and have a look at this thing, and I'm glad I did. So um, it's not... My favorite bike from the 70s, it's Yamaha XS1100. But it's beautiful. Big, burly, shaft drive, underpowered, wobbly handling. Let's um, chop it. And it, well, Henry fixed the gas tank. Too. He, yeah. <laughs> um, it says, I am a motorcycle. Hear right. me roar. It's a, it's it's, a beast of a looking it is motorcycle. A, it is a big thing. So um, uh, Richard bought it brand new. And did about 29,000 miles on it. He actually admitted today, I collected it before I came here, that it has never been over 70 miles an hour. Wow. That was how fast he got. He that, went that, on it. That but, looks like a motorcycle if you like attach 1980s to it. Right. <laughs> well, but, 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 but Emma, you're holding yeah. back on the best part of it. I'm holding back on the worst part the saddlebags are it's awesome. the best part. <laughs> so it's got, it's the touring model. Yes. So it has the factory full fare. Yes, with. Which is, looks like an incredibly ugly wind with, a CB. Yes. Yeah, a CB. It's got a CB, AM, FM built-in yes. speakers. 
Um, it's wow. got saddlebags, um, hard saddlebags with chrome rails yes, around them. Yes, the chrome rails are amazing. Crash bars front and rear, um, cruising pegs. The accessories, sissy bar, sissy bar. luggage rack. The accessories alone add two hundred pounds. To the way. It's, but here's the thing. Like I was just looking at like the trim on the side of the fairing. Yes. Not a single scratch. This thing hasn't even no, it's touched never the been, wall. No, it's, it's, it's never been down its um, entire life. The, it, it really is in remarkable the condition. The fairing, um, the plexiglass has no spider cracking in it no. at all. This thing has been kept indoors. Um, the paint is great. And this is why it's, I mean, the chrome... On the luggage is pristine. well. The chrome everywhere is absolutely superb. This I mean, is why I'm as so a stoked. New buy. Normally, you're pulling this stuff off, but when it's in that pristine condition with all the bells well, and whistles, I'm like, this is amazing. I will concede that. It's like a time capsule. Mm-hmm. I will concede that if I was going to keep it, which I am not, I would take all this stuff off and preserve the stuff somewhere else. And not on the bike, mm. because it it you know in England you mean um, on eBay, yes probably, <laughs> um, you know they they were they were naked and a better bike for it. Yeah. So if I was keeping the bike, I'd have to source a couple of headlight ears and a headlight bucket and some front turn signals, and then uh, off you go. Well, like I've said, I think it's beautiful, and there are others who agreed with me. And others who disagreed. perfect the way that it is. Well, you know, I mean, it does have quite a period charm, but God, it's big and awkward and heavy. It really is. It Um, seemed like it had a fairly low seat height, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you can make them lower. You can take an inch out of the foam on the seat, um, and you can actually, you can put a shorter shock on the back and really get the, the ass end down on the deck. Um, and they're quite fun. I mean, it's a big, heavy thing, but they ride like an absolute Cadillac. Well, you know who's not quite ready for it yet, but who did get a lesson this weekend? Who? Freya. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's Mike. a rock star. Yeah. You, so you got, you enrolled Freya in a riding class. Yes. <laughs> in a dirt bike riding class. Yeah. She's how old? Four. Yeah, and she basically has her little electric strider. That's the extent of her riding, right? Yeah, she knows how to walk. <laughs> yeah. That's the extent of her experience. So how did she do? Um, well, she did as expected. I mean, she was the youngest person there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a lot of kids haven't learned to ride a two-wheel bike yet by that age. Yeah, she can't ride a bicycle. <clears throat> she, doesn't, we don't, she doesn't have a bicycle because she can't. She doesn't know how to do it. So what, what bike did they put her on? Uh, Yamaha 50. Yeah. A little 50 CC. Um, and, uh, she did really good. Uh, she, well, she so had to she, shift or no, no, she didn't have to, she didn't get that far, but really like for me, the concept was like getting her on a gas powered bike yeah. and feeling the weight. And I'm like also registering the centrifugal, centrifugal force is kind of similar to the electric so far. Yeah. Um, and she kind of got that, but every time she'd stop, I mean, it was a perfect height for her. She's, you know, relatively tall, taller than Aria, but every time she would stop, the weight would like, you know, be there and then uh, boom, literally <laughs> like, like me in Africa. Twins. That sounds like Liza. <laughs> no, lit- literally every single time she stopped, boom. Yep. But the crazy thing was like, um, she's so used to wearing her gear 
and um, having low speed, just kind of tip overs and falls that like she doesn't, she just like sits there like a victim and waits for someone you, like. Just like me. <laughs> she's I think very we like, his writing partner into old like, age. Very, like she's very much like, uh, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah. But um, well, but, you know, like at the flat track, she crashed a couple of times. She, but at least she, she, when she got up, she was right back on the bike. Yeah, that's the most like surprising thing to me because I've been, I've been kind of curating her experience. Um, and my wife says manipulating, but I say like strategic. <laughs> Is that when you're riding behind her, yelling direction at her on the laps? Yes. No, yeah. Okay. No, exactly. That's exactly what I do. Because I do the same thing at our house. I have like a little course set up, and I'll be on the BMX behind her, like shouting. You know. So, so you manipulate her at home as well. No, no, st- I'm st- using strategy. Yeah, so oh, stratagems. <laughs> I yeah. saw, I saw a little video that you posted. Yeah, she was riding. Oh, cool. She oh, was yeah. like proper riding. She's proper like, she's riding. Proper riding a motorcycle at four. That's yeah, awesome. like yeah, proper <laughs> riding. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good because we need some younger people here before too long. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. getting older here. Yeah, <laughs> and some. Was she a little intimidated by the whole process? Or Not at all. Did she loved it. Not at all. So, like, like part of what I was saying is like I've been curating the thing. Is that we've been watching a lot of MotoGP. She has a um, uh, Mark Marquez toy <laughs> yes. that she plays with, and oh. then we watch the races, and you know we'll watch old ones where he's winning, so that she doesn't, you know. What I mean? Oh, back so when Mark Marquez used to win races, yeah. So like I say, so but I don't know if you if you notice or if you ever watch her ride, like her knees are straight out, yeah, because in her mind she's leaning over and she's gonna like scrape ground, but like I haven't really got to the point of telling her like, are oh, you gonna put your foot out? But she did do that at the flat track. We're we're starting to implement that. But I'll be like Marquez, Marquez behind her, and she gets like all like pumped up in like race mode. And I also tell her she's a racer. Her team's like Pink Fox or Pink Cheetah Race, and like you know we're her pit crew. And like I just like like pump her up, and she's all stoked on it. Um, she she really is quite a fearless little I, Viking, isn't can, she? Can I be on the pit crew of Pink Pink Cheetah Race? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's Pink awesome. Cheetah Racer. Do I get a, a, a speedo and a You can own the umbrella. I want a speedo but and a Glock. Here's the thing. Marie got pissed off because she's like, oh, we were going to get her pedal bike for Christmas. And I was like, yeah, fuck that bike. I mean, she can ride a motorcycle. Are you kidding me? Like, who gives a shit, dude? She can ride a motorcycle. Fuck the bike, you know? And um, so I get her the bike and I'm like, this is perfect because w- what my plan is, is to have her at Hollister, which we went to today. Uh, doing doing day trips and you know by the spring, so I can take the trailer and bring her and the family. Is that where you did the class? No, it was up in Boulder Creek. It, the The class is called Garahans. Oh, um, and it it's was right uh, by my in, house, intro yeah. to track. Yeah, right up by the cool. um the the big basin there. Right on. Um. So anyway, I take her around the house. We do we do a bunch of stuff, and the the thing is like she didn't ride a pedal bike. Um, the pedal bike she did have had uh, training wheels on it, and forever we couldn't get her to like. She would kind of be like, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. And like the thing would tip a little bit and she would like sit there and just throw like a fit. But meanwhile, Aria is like ripping around on anything you give her. So um, that's why Marie was like, oh, you're, that's so stupid. You'd buy her and like, you know, electronic bike. And I'm like, yes. dude, I got this. I got a plan. So what I did was I, to- I showed her a bunch of bikes online that were pink. And I was like, you want one of these? You want one of these? Here's what you got to do. I want that one. And I showed her all the gear. And like, you know, she's four and she loves like colors and stuff. So I, I pumped her up and I'm like, like accessories is all she's about. So I'm like, we can get all that stuff, but you got to prove to me that you can ride the pedal bike. So I took her pedal bike. I took off the training wheels and I chopped all the, the stuff off of it. So I turned her, her actual pedal bike into a, a balance bike. Mm. And then she's ripping around on it, you know, getting used to it for like two or three days. And then boom. I got her the electric Strider, which is full throttle, um, variable speed, and it's got a, a handbrake. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives you the, that, that same kind of, you get the centrifugal force. 
Um, it's low, you know, for a step over, and then it also has the the brake, which is really good. And I tightened it up. And then what I did was I set up courses and I did brake markers at the house. But I, I set everything up like it's a game for a kid. And I say to her, you know, if you could start breaking at this piece of tape on the ground and finish your wheel by here five times in a row, you get a chocolate. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought you were say, Why is that funny? I thought That's, you were going to be like, I won't hit you with a coat hanger. No. <laughs> it works. <laughs> so like she's like, and and and, and, I, and then part of it is while she's doing it, I'm like, look at my hand, look at my hand. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'll do like certain things that we do yeah. to, to get her head off uh, off of this and her hand, like the muscle memory, right? So once she started doing that and she stopped hitting my motorcycles in the garage, I took her outside <laughs> and I moved all the vehicles down to the lower thing and I set up lights and I put up like little like barriers and then I would get her on and she would be walking with the bike, walking with the bike and not want to use the power, but she was getting used to it, uh, that bike and the brake. So I like just like I'm training anyone on a motorcycle, first thing I teach them is where's the brake? How to break because what's the worst thing that happens? Somebody, somebody gives too much throttle. They don't know what to do. They panic. Right. The very least, let go and you know where the brake is. And I always tell them it's better to hit something while you're slowing down than to lock up the brake. Right. So that was that's kind of always my first thought is like I don't want to see her 50 feet away from me ripping off and not knowing how to stop it. Yeah. So the first thing she learned was stopping. Yeah. She's going along. She's pedaling, and then I'd get on my BMX and be pumping behind her, telling her stuff like. You know, Marquez, Marquez, you know, he's coming around turn two. He's coming around three. Like, and every time she'd fall over, I had this red light and I would pretend I'm the ambulance and just make it fun, you know? And, cool. and then we'd have little um, Aria running around. We call her like the rabbit. Like, you know how the, how the dogs chase the rabbit? And uh, and I'd be like, I call her the fox because she's got pink fox racing gear. <laughs> and fox, fox gets the rabbit. And, you know, I'm behind her like the, they, like the uh, pump man. You know what I mean? And she loves it, and then and and then I'm the whole time I'm hyping her up. I'm like, look, you know, we can go camping because she loves camping. I put a TV in the camper now, um, and that we can go when I go places. I don't have to go by myself. I could take you with me, but you have to do this first. And then you know, so she, it's almost like she's setting goals. But it was it was really the coolest thing. Like I think people are like, you remember that day when you push your kid off and they like rode two wheels and like you know, and I'm picturing this thing you see in TV and like neighborhood with white picket fences. That was the case. <laughs> it was a motorcycle, you know what I mean, yeah. and and she stood up, and 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 ripped full speed. I, I know I've told this story before, but I love it when my friend um, Tayward was teaching his son Max how to ride when he was really little, like that. He also was like got a little like PW fifty and showed him how to make it go, and then he took off right into a fence. Yeah, and he oh. was like, "Oh, you got to teach him how to stop." So he tied a rope to him. So that he could like hold him oh, back because no. he, he just off. would just go full throttle and hit stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm glad you're you're teaching her how to stop. So did she take instruction well? Yeah. So that, the whole thing about the class, right? Um, well, the, the, you know, let me get yes. She takes instruction well, but the class was it was kind of like Marie. At, remember when mm-hmm. Marie got kicked out of the <laughs> the class? She she definitely was like what, that. What? what, what, what? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what class? Marie swore revenge, and, and she studied every night till she yeah. got a license. She what was the class? The MSF, the MSF class. Yeah, she's probably time. the only person on the planet to get kicked out of the MSF. <laughs> she got kicked out of the crash for arguing. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, but anyway, she needed a little bit more attention because everybody else could pick things up a little bit quicker. But Frey always kept falling over. So it like while they're actually doing like instructive stuff and then like they had like a 10 or 15 minute speech in the middle of it for a four year old kid in full gear. Like she sits there, start playing with the dirt and sticks in the ground. And I'm like, right up, you know, 
but like I, it was, it was okay. Like I didn't care about any of that. Um, what I wanted her was to be around other motorcyclists, and I wanted her to get on a real bike. That was the motivation, and she did that. So, so, um, but she ripped up a hill, or like over through a berm, and was yeah. coming back down, and then going back around and ripping over the. Berm. Yeah, I saw her like making turns and. Yeah. And um and and the other thing too was Marie was like oh I want to come up and I was like you know what don't do that oh but I think it'd be a really good idea I'm like listen I almost want to walk away because when we go to dance class with her yeah. if she sees you in the window like she's not focusing on the class and then mm-hmm. like um if they're a little bit tired that all of a sudden you're you're there to save them and they could get out of there so if they see you it kind of it, I feel like and and I was like if you have your whole family there she's not going to be focused on the instructor at dance class she's the best. She sits there and she does everything they say and she's like so attentive to the teacher. So I knew she'd take well to instruction. Um, you know what I did when my mom enrolled me <clears throat> in dance class when I was five? Did you watch Footloose? She dropped me off at the rec center and I'd walk out the back door and go uh, dirt biking with my friends or, or you know, uh, uh, bicycles. bicycles. Yeah, <laughs> doing yeah. jumps and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So she was taking the instruction they were giving her, but they, there's two people and they, other people weren't really like falling. Sometimes they'd crash, but like, those people actually had questions that were valid. Freya was just getting on the bike and would fall over, and they'd have to run to the other side and like pick up the bike, get her back on, turn it back on. So, so there are other kids, or was it mixed? Or? Yeah, there were, but she, there were, the other kids were like seven. Okay, dude, Freya's gonna be like popping wheelies at Hollister at like eight year old with like pink. Why you, why you do like that? Dude? Yeah, because <laughs> dude, you, it's all. I don't know because all of a sudden your kids start doing crazy stuff, and you're like, oh my god, they do crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be showing me tricks. You yeah, know? yeah, she'll be launching off stuff. But like the the part of this whole thing was like slowly kind of getting in, and the one thing was to seeing how she did on a, on a bike with weight, and and if she was if it if it was really any change of her, you know, and um, she did great. It just seems to me like she needs a little bit more strength, maybe five or seven more pounds of strength and size in her to be able to like relatively hold that. Well, bike she does have a disadvantage because she got your head. Yeah. Dude, yeah, she's like a bobblehead. <laughs> well, you know, you, you know what I think is really cool. I got about her the it? neck brace though. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I have friends who've uh, who learned how to surf and um, who are great surfers now. But their dad took them out first time when they were like seven years old, pushed them into this big wave, and they just got whumped. And they're like, "Yeah, I didn't surf. Try surfing again for three yeah. years, right?" So mm. Mike, the way like you edged her in, like slowly brought her into it, and like that flat track, I think was probably really cool. Um, that was all part of the the strategy. So she she yeah she seems like she's totally embraced it before she's had the, like a really the child manipulation so strategy. Would you say okay. she's come away more confident now? Oh, absolutely. Because that's the whole goal, dude. You should have seen him at Hollister today. She was shredding cool. on her bike. Where, which which did you have in those little stayed, tracks? We stayed, we stayed on the little that's tracks rad. and stuff, and and I was like on my you know my fat tire or whatever. Uh-huh. But like I I figured like double down. So so last week. Uh, we did the flat track and what I thought that that was really great was to take everything that she's learned at the park and at my house and like where she's by herself and she knows the track, she knows what she's doing, throw her into a a different environment around, you know, loud motorcycles and see how she does and kind of just, you know, inject that into her. But like she can kind of come and go as she pleases. And that's what she did. And I thought that was great before we go to the class last, which was five hours, and she stayed the whole time, couldn't get her off the bike. So it, it's not like she's never been to the garage when there's loud motorcycles. No. By the way, she's been around them forever, yeah. which reminds me the first time when when she was born, correct me if I'm wrong, you yeah. guys, I think yeah. on the way back from the hospital. Like the Lion King. We had like the up. Lion King. You came back to the garage. Yeah, and it she was came like, to the garage hey, first. She went home. That was the first place Ray has ever been out when she was born was, was here. Well, and yeah. and yeah, you had Megan with her kids here today. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's so funny. The first one, you know, they're all careful. And the second one, it's like eating dirt and yeah, passing absolutely. them around. I love and, a bunch yeah. of Moto Groms uh, around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, but, it was really good. I just wanted to just to say, so like after we did the class yesterday, five hours, like she's talking about, oh, I need to take yoga and like all this bullshit. I need to stretch. And you know, my arms feel like Gumby. And I was like, all right, cool. We go home. And and um, and then I said to her, I was like, well, now you can finally come to the park with me. You know, the, the motorcycle park where there's mm-hmm. other kids. Because you know, her, she associates the park as fun, you know, and there's like playground. So it's kind of like, and it is similar like mm-hmm. that. And I also wanted Marie to come to see that I wasn't fucking crazy. Because when you go there on a Sunday and, and it, there's literally like 50 other kids. Tons. Smaller yeah. than Freya, like shredding on this thing. So like, instead of maybe Marie will just kind of be like, oh, okay, he's not so crazy. It's not like crazy that he's doing this. Like other people do it. And it's something we could do on the weekend. So we just casually got up, ate breakfast, went down there, had the bike set up. And again, we couldn't get her off. Couldn't get her off the bike. That's great. And, and That's she's rad. racing. And then now the cool thing is, like, she crashes and then just sits there and waits and gets up. And, the, and it's not like she crashes and is like, eh, I'm scared. Or like, oh, that was shocking. It was like, no, I've done this a bunch already. It's cool. I want to keep going. Right. Yeah. I just need to get up to help me get the yeah. bike up so I can keep going. And the more she's around other kids and she sees them do it, the more she'll want to do it. No, you're totally on the right so track. So that was it. It was totally like, on the right track. It was very strategic. <laughs> yeah. And now, now she's like, she's, she's in. So. That's great. Um, awesome. I we have a guest coming on soon, uh, so I wanted to real quickly share. I had a little triumph. I'm I'm proud of patting myself on the back here. Um, like the bike triumph. <clears throat> now you'll see um, my Corbin heated seat. This is uh, first world problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My Corbin heated seat on the Africa Twin only has an off and on position, and I find that it's too hot mm. when it's fully on. And so I, I sit there toggling it back and forth because the perfect temperature is somewhere in between. And I was asking myself, how, how can I put a potentiometer switch Ooh. wired into the seat? And I was researching it. And, you know, I was digging around. Um, this is why anything's with wires we throw into it. We have boxes here in the garage because yeah. you never know what Old wires wire harnesses. Or, or bullets or whatever you're going to need, uh, you know, connectors. <clears throat> And I was digging through the box, and I found the controller for Oxford heated grips. I don't even remember what happened to the heated grips, but there's a controller there. And um, it took me a couple days of sorting it out, figuring it out, because as I was explaining to Jim, basically two kinds of <clears throat> potentiometers, one that hooks into the, 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 the positive and actually reduces the voltage, and the other type will hook into the ground and pulsate it. And you're just trying to adjust the temperature instead of being hot. You want some yeah. Control, I want to have right? a range. Yeah. So uh, it took a while of hooking it up to different things, blowing fuses, and then finally figuring out that it is the type that pulsates once it's through the ground. So I was able to wire it up just kind of under you know under the seat and and make it work. So I'm like, great. Now I can like run wiring and make a little dash plate up on the handlebars and have a, a little variable uh, uh, temperature um, um, adjuster. Would you would you say pulsate again? Well, no. The word of the day is potentiometer. I know you threw that out there like it, like we all knew what that meant. I just thought it meant you had a lot of Dude, potential. I was doing the research. I was like on Amazon. I went to the electronics store. That's where the dude told me it was a potentiometer. Nice. I was like looking in all the different things and figuring out. It's actually hard to find um, something like that for a 12-volt system. <clears throat> hmm. 
Most hmm. of the like rheostat stuff it's like that like are for trailer stuff. Are for 120 volt, but um, yeah, like trailer stuff. Well, I was even yeah. looking at like mm-hmm. for like some Audi with heated seats that has a built-in switch, and trying Ooh, yeah. to find like an aftermarket. I mean, but I figured <clears throat> it out, and and thanks to Electric Terry, you helped me. Awesome. You should wire in a hot dog warmer. That oh, way when man. we stop, that's a great idea. have hot dogs. A bun warmer. Ooh. But you know sure. what? It it is frustrating to me that such an expensive accessory doesn't have. Um, yeah. I suggest you contact. Maybe you'll find out why soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've notes. never had luck with those things, and any and all I know is from plumbing is anything that requires heat and electricity. It takes a lot of fucking power. And uh, every time that I've had heated stuff, it, it destroys my bike. I suggested like, you, you contacted Mike and say, hey, you should do this and see if he would build the prototype and give it to you for free. Uh, like he does seats, right? If there's yeah. not a seat for your bike, well, here's maybe something you could give him I know. Call. I could have just called they probably, Corbin. They probably have one. Do you one. have one? They're like, yeah. Um, but you know what was very nice? I found on the bottom of my seat. There was a label from whoever installed it and tested it and rated it at three amps, which is what I needed to know because uh, they come for different ratings. So <clears throat> that was kind of my my thing. And then John helped me get the wiring through. Let me tell you, just getting a wire through from the seat up under the tank, there is no room, like no room under there. Emma, you've seen, um, <clears throat> oh, and Jim, did you know there's a toolbox? I discovered under there. Under I think the tank. I do. I maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I, I started playing the game. Where where's the battery? <laughs> have you ever played that game with a mic? <laughs> I have, but fortunately not with this one yet. Not God, I remember wood. the worst was with my Super Duke. I'm like, where's the battery? Didn't think it would be in the front cowl under the engine. Right. Like didn't think to look there. So I'm playing, where's the battery? And I had to look up a video and um it's underneath the tank behind a toolbox. I'm like, I got a toolbox? Hmm. I didn't know. And so you got to unscrew the toolbox. And that toolbox fits There's a spare bedroom in there so <laughs> tight against the top of the battery, which is it's mounted sideways, like just to run wiring across the top of the battery. You Wait, know? The connectors are on the side of the battery? Yes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, like uh, there's no room to even just run a wire. This thing sits so snug. Um, and the toolbox is molded and shaped right. to but hold the on, cabinet. Hold on, and when you, hold on. Can't you make, uh, like, install a bus bar and then do, like, an accessories kind of a thing? Well, right? I, I got it. I made it work. It's like just not run an simple. accessories thing where you can just... It's just amazing going from older bikes where you have big access, yeah. access uh, yeah. and, and valleys and tunnels and so to these new bikes where when you, nothing... When you do the pre-delivery inspection on a new Africa Twin... Mm-hmm. Um, you you make sure the battery is fully charged up, of course, and then you bolt the leads onto the battery, push the battery in, and then attach the leads to the bike. Yeah. Because you can't actually attach the leads onto the battery when it's in situ. So you put the loose leads on, you get this bag, and, you know, you get the lid for the toolbar, uh, tools and the tools themselves and all this thing, you know, in the, in, in the box. And you charge up the battery and then just put these random cables on the battery and then just kind of kind of like you're mailing a letter well, well, and you push it in and then the leads are dangling out and you attach that one to the starter <laughs> solenoid and that one to the ground of the bike look and around you go. for somewhere they attach yeah, to yeah <laughs> exactly it's wild well and while I was in there I decided to run a pigtail 
so uh, to make it easier to charge. <laughs> Just trying to put that pigtail in there took a lot of finesse and work and tucking and pushing. And One of the worst jobs I ever did on an Africa Twin was fitting heated grips, the factory heated grips, because the interface is kind of in the harness under the sort of in the headlight area. And there is just layer upon layer upon layer of plastic. Anybody who's pulled apart in Africa, it's like, oh, my God. You take off this skin <laughs> and you think, oh, I'm there. And there's another layer of plastic. And then you take that off and there's another layer underneath that. And you need to know the sequence to do all this. And if you don't know the sequence, you break tabs off and then there's gnashing of teeth. And yes. there's no crying in motorcycling, Jim. No, but gnashing of teeth happens regularly. And if you don't have teeth, teeth will garage. be provided for the purpose of gnashing. Um, but very tricky bike to work on. I'll tell you. Well, how, and, did and, you try and, it out? How does it work? Oh, I still have to build a dash plate. Okay. I mean, I just wired it up with like pigtails, uh, you know, with the seat off just to like make but sure. You did, I mean, work. have you run any current through them? See oh, if yeah, it works yeah, yeah. And? Yeah, it works. Oh, great. And what's even great is um, I wired it after the switch on the side of the seat. When you turn the switch on, it lights up so you know that the seat is on. When I run it 100%, it stays lit. When I run it down lower than that, it starts to pulsate, which tells me that it is cutting the signal. Okay. And it the light is pulsating, so it confirms to me that it is working and pulsating. But I've just had a thought about electric Terry. Yeah. Do you think in this family tree he's got an ancestor called Steam Terry? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, going back further, like Bronze Axe Terry? Volcanic Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Primordial Soup Terry. Stardust will come full circle. Yes, oh, Liza. yes. I was going to say, what were you going to say, Mike? Oh, yeah. Does that mean, like, if it's pulsing that it's turning on and off? Mm-hmm. So, like, doesn't that, like... Um because like amateurs, amateurs based on like how much it pulls when you turn it on, right? So mm-hmm. that means that you're just like boom, 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 like constantly drawing, like, yes, like it, like consistent. Well, the alternative um, is for it to be on and then have a know, something that reduces it. So you're sending full power to it and then you're reducing it. I so just, for some reason, so the idea of a pulse it's using is, the same amount of power when it's pulsating. It's actually pulling less power from the battery. Yeah, yeah, but it's just, but like, it's the same thing as like having a starter, right? Like every time you turn the well, car on, you, you well, you no, hang on, mm. because you, you, in some circumstances, it works like that. You know, fluorescent strip is is a perfect example. You know, the fluorescent lights you have at home, the starter is very, very greedy, and the fluorescent light itself hardly uses any electricity. But actually, getting them powered up, it's not necessarily like that. You know that womp 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 womp. You're not. It's not actually as greedy as you think. So having a pulsing, pulsy pulse, it's. It, you should have it set to the pulse of. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I think that'd womp, be. Womp, 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 actually, womp, I said it to Funky womp, Town. Womp, 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 womp. <laughs> I like to heat it, heat it. <laughs> um, hey, have you guys been watching Dakar? Are you following Dakar at all? Uh-uh. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think what what I, one of the things I think is pretty cool is uh, Petrucci is racing. Have you heard really? of Danilo Petrucci? Yeah, yeah, MotoGP racer. Really? Yeah, and yeah. he's doing pretty good. 
He won a stage. He, he, he won, won a stage. Stage five was it maybe? Until yeah. he cartwheels off in the desert somewhere and well, ruins his MotoGP. Unfortunately, career. I think. Well, it was interesting, and I didn't. It, it's cool. There's a lot of um, actually a lot of good videos out now. You can go to the. Um, are we talking about Dakar now? Sorry. Yeah, we got right a few minutes. It. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube, and you go to Dakar.com. Um, but they did talk to Petrucci, and he was like a crying mess at the end of it. But he won a stage, which is rags. It was a dream since a kid. But he made a comment that now he can't race MotoGP anymore. So I, I don't know. Maybe that was new to me. Well, you know. Uh, the, like his the, body. What you call it? Um, uh, um, what's his name? 46. Uh, Rossi. Rossi. Yeah, Rossi. He's got his ranch. Yeah. And he's like, you know, running uh, racing and stuff like that. Flat track. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like a course, but like flat track as well. And there's like always MotoGP guys there too. And like I remember hearing a while back about like, you know, a lot of the guys getting more into the dirt. I mean, I'm sure they always. Like, yeah, but this is a whole nother. I know that. But that's thing. what I'm saying. It's like the the fact that, I mean, it, it's just kind of weird. It's like, you know, certain people get have a profession and they insure their hands, right? Like a surgeon, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Like you would think as, as a MotoGP, it's like you would kind of be like super delicate about like if you're going to crash, it's there. And, and that's where your liability falls. And, you know, that's why. But like you could wipe your whole career out doing other stuff like that, even though it, it it slightly sharpens the knife. I think you know to improve your skills. Obviously, it does. But I feel like at that stage, like you're taking MotoGP stuff and transitioning it to dirt to improve your MotoGP stuff. But like your risk to reward is like how how great is it? Really? Yeah, it seems like bicycles have been a kiss of death for MotoGP guys. Though. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, right. been, bicycles. Well, yeah. And like, there's a, a a new a young. Like a rookie rider in this race, I can't remember his name. Is it but Moto they're, but they're oh. in, interviewing him, and he doesn't have the skill set that you know, like Toby Price, so some of these guys have. It's right? insane what these but, guys do. So what he did was he practiced every day and worked on navigational skills, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the riding skills, but the navigational skills are what's getting him through. Yeah, well, because that's the other thing. People are getting lost and having to backtrack and losing time. Speed is nothing without navigation. Yeah, and there's actually an, another um, guy who's uh, a rookie first year, and he forgot to get gas at his stop, and he oh. was off in the desert. Yeah, that happens. Ran out of gas. He's having a, He had to bum gas off people twice just to like go back to get gassed up. Oh, shit. Um, oh. Like, and they're all laughing like, rookie mistake. Learning your lessons, but um, it's there are people flipping cars and oh, it's not, it's bikes. totally I mean, worth watching. Uh, they had a they had a rough day. I think it was stage five. After it was a day after Petrucci uh, won the stage, and I guess it rained that night, and they were following the trucks, and and they have the trucks, and then they have the trucks, the huge things. So, but they had to follow them, and I guess it was extremely dangerous. So oh. a couple of dudes got pretty messed up. And then they went through the I think they call it the. Pesh Pesh. I may be making that up. Pesh Pesh. It's like the where, talcum. Where are you guys watching this? So I watch, watch it on it the Red, B- Red Bull channel. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can YouTube it or Dakar.com. Um, they went through what that, that talcum Yeah. that just is like so soft, but it makes, just blinds you. It's like silt. Yeah. Yeah. Fine, fine silt. Um, just fascinating to watch. And the electric Audi is doing well still. Oh, are wicked. you following yeah. that bagel? No, I haven't. I haven't been following the. Oh the yeah, at all. yeah. yeah there's an electric cool. car that's doing great. I don't know if there's. I think they're swapping batteries at night. I th- I'm sure at night, but it's yeah. a. I can't remember the, how long, but those things can go a ways on yeah. on the charge, and they're ripping the whole well, time. And I was, they were trying to explain it. I may get this wrong, but I believe they showed that 
when the batteries get low, it goes into a limp mode and a generator turns on to charge the batteries. Hmm. So the car just goes into a limp mode and it keeps going, but very slowly. And the generator can charge the batteries up so that they can start ripping again, mm-hmm. which is like, I, I know some people go, well, that defeats a purpose. No, that's a tool you need to get through to give you the extra. It's like having an oversized tank. You, right? know, you know what I really don't understand about electric cars and stuff is you have so much real estate on the outside of the car. Why don't they use that to regenerate energy um, and make the whole outside a solar panel? I mean, yeah, I know solar, solar solar panels don't. Gen- they're not that efficient. I know that, but at the same yeah. time, between that and regenerative braking, right? Wouldn't that like kind of because it's not, not efficient close. enough? Like you could, if you had like a tour bus or a tractor trailer, you could put some panels on there that might put a little bit of energy back into the battery, but it's going to be you know just a fraction of what you're actually consuming. That's more like storage. That's not usage power. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, it's all power, but it's just it doesn't produce enough. It doesn't produce power at the same rate that you're using it. Got it. Because yeah, I, I mean, wonder. Like, like, I guess if you had a tour bus too, I mean, like, your your the reason it's so big is you need to use that much more power to get moving. So, like, well, it would just be kind of self defeating. Yeah. Right, but once you're once you're cruising, you're using relatively little power. So you know, then it would make more sense because you're like, moving at a constant so speed most of the time. The Maybe that's heater. a class that's missing from Dakar, the tour bus class. Oh so my god, that would be awesome! That would be knobby tires. Well, yeah. those, those big trucks are I'm pretty darn close. I wonder yes. if they have heaters with uh, potentiometers. No, yes. maybe. Oh, but you know, a couple of things. <laughs> if you do want to, if you want to catch a couple of things on the YouTube, is one they they talk about how much it costs to run the Dakar. In my mind, oh, yeah. I was kind of thinking, well, you got to be kind of one of those rich guys, right? Actually, no. There's an American. I want to say his name Skyler Howe, um, who's a privateer, and basically sold everything at home. They were interviewing him halfway through, and he's like, "I have a mountain bike and Sounds a bed like at home." Yeah, wow. and he's just fully committed. So it, it, but he, but there's a thing where he breaks down the actual costs of what it cost him to get there, and I won't go into it now. But that was a cool thing to watch. And the other thing they just had, if I get right, it was a marathon day. So normally they pit at night yeah. with a team, right? They got the trucks, they get some sleep. The guys change the rear wheel and do everything else. Well, there's one night where they don't have the the uh, bivouac. This is what they call it, the team. So they actually are riding you know, as, you know, balls out for three or four hours through the open desert. Then they sleep, have to work on their own bike, make their own, you know, budget repairs, and then do, I think, another three or four hours of rip into the desert before they get back to their team. So it's fascinating. There's a lot, and, and uh, there is a lot of good stuff on YouTube to, to check out. I have to say, though, I am inspired because, you know, I hate riding in sand. It's so unpredictable. The bike's going everywhere. But I'm watching these guys riding, and it's like they're floating, and it's yeah. beautiful. It's like it's they're like on a wave runner ripping through the waves. Yeah. And you see like, oh, it's just it's a different way of controlling. I'm like, I want to go try it. Like, I, 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 it makes sense. I want to go try right. it. Yeah, they were interviewing guys and the two comparisons were surfing and skiing. And I think that's pretty spot take on. Him to, take her to Jones and That and riding a, ride a wheelie for three hours, basically. Yeah. <laughs> At 90 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, and I haven't figured out the outfit. Why do they have to have... Um, the zip off arms because I th- I believe they're all wearing air vests this year, so as part of the gear they're wearing the inflatable mm-hmm. don't don't break your body vests which are brilliant because if you see these guys crash at speed they ragdoll oh, yeah. brutally 
So uh, I think they just implemented mandatory air vests. It's cool. They do a lot of forward thinking. If you look, just uh, not to dive back down the electric rabbit hole, but they talked about their plans for different types of vehicles for like the next 30 or 40 years. And it, and it's just all these different incorporations of hybrid and electric things. So it's cool. They're pushing the, the, this hybrid technology pretty cool. I have a, I actually have a, um, air tech. Oh, oh, you have yeah. one of those? Yeah, yeah, I have an airbag vest, um, and it's it's actually pretty cool. Me, the 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 new, I think it's the five. You can wear. I can wear it under. I could wear it under a sweatshirt. I can wear it under a leather jacket. Really? I can wear it under full race leathers. And like um, prior to that, Alpine, who was it? Alpine Stars, or whatever the fuck suit I have. Um, they had one that was integrated to it. It was like kind of the old school one. So you mm. either bought one for like eleven hundred dollars that was strictly for racing, and it plugs into this suit. And if you do like certain kind of thing. It knows to turn on, or or you're doing it. The other one was wearing a textile. And that was it, right? So there was no other option. But this one literally is completely independent of any suit. Um, is it crazy hot though? Not at all. No, not at all. It's really? it's like perforated and and about how much was it? Uh, I think if it was like six hundred bucks. Really? That because yeah. those those seem to be they, they're like smart. half the price so, as the other as the first ones. But here, let, me, yeah. let me finish though. They sure. just, they're coming out with the AirTech Ten uh, in a few months, which basically. Um, so it's a vest that comes down to here. It goes all the way down to here, and then like the next one, it's it's almost like a wrestling uniform, mm-hmm. like you know the wrestling leotard. Yeah, like a, yeah. Like it goes around here, and then it, it so covers your junk. Then yeah. singlet. It's a and singlet. It, yeah. Singlet. And it That's pops it. up, and it, and it and it pops up here. So you know, um, so it has special ball cups or something to protect your. your- I'm not sure, but that would be crazy. I'd be getting like an airbag punch to the dick. <laughs> it's like it's like not only it's it's like you know not only did you crash your bike, but you got like kicked in the dick on the way down. You know, like, <laughs> or, or the uh, you know the the, um, the So is there any interface with a bike at all, or is it does it require no. a twelve volt power pen- up? No. So it's pentrometer. Con- no, um, it has. Does three- it need charging? Uh, yes. Yeah, so so yeah, okay. mine, you charge it and you get twenty hours out of it, right? And then it connects to an app, and that app can give you all your information. It can give you your lean angles. It can give you your GPS. Hmm. So it's really good for track. It's really good for street. Right. Um, and then, like, I can go, like, say I pull it off my rack, I throw it on, and I hit the button. And basically, it won't turn on unless, like, this flap goes on the top. So if you zip it up, because it has to be closed in order right. for it to work. Hmm. So there's, like, this thing. As soon as you connect it, the lights come on, and it knows that it's on. Um, then you go to the app, and you say race, because I'm at the track, or you put street. And it'll boop, 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 and it has different, it has um, algorithms. So I guess, I suppose for a long time, people were uh, testing these things and all different types of crashes and stuff like that. And the difference between the straight and the street and the race is that it would detect an impact from behind um, that would tell it to turn on because that's not really um, happen at the track. It usually happens at speed on the track. So it's like after under 15, an impact, and that's usually because you're at a light. Oh, interesting. Is it right. one use and then you got to throw it away? So you, so it, it, it pops. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there's it, it has two canisters, so you can use it twice or one of them has one. But as soon as you um, you use it, you send it in. I think it's like 180 bucks, and they reset the whole thing and repack it. Yeah, it's not quite enough for dirt riding yet. Cause, uh, well, you can, yeah. and, and I was reading through the instructions, and it's saying it, but it's just kind of like, I don't know, man. Like I just wear like the shit out of some armor and dirt yeah. bike, and, yep. I, and, I, and I know I'm going to go down. Yep. And like I'm not doing to car shit when we go. I yeah, mean, we're not going like eighty or ninety. Yeah, we're or going like fifteen, twenty five, and we feel like we're ripping through the desert. Dude, you we know, feel like, like we're going fast, but yeah. yeah. And when I do crash in the desert, it's not because I'm going twenty five. It's because like you know I'm going like five or ten, or I'm going down like a rock. Or you're riding one of the most bitching wheelies I've ever seen until I lost that my was fingernail. Awesome. Not talking I'm about still, that part of it. Look, my fingernail's still growing back. <laughs> oh my goodness, that the brings, desert took it. That brings yeah, up nine a, more. a question, just a little side thing. 
I was also, as I'm flipping around, I was watching some of the um, the, the the motocross, right? And uh, supercross. And these guys are not wearing any yeah, no gear shit. from the knees yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I, I'm like. Well, some of them do wear armor, though. Not no, really. No, they're not. It's the boots and I think the shins and knees. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Are, are we overdoing it when we're doing our trail riding with all of our gear that's made? I wonder that too, because I see you people know, at Hollister like, the yeah. same way, where they'll be like, they'll have the full gear, the good bike, and clearly like they're, they're riders, and, and they, it, it looks like they just have like a t-shirt on with like their jersey over the top and a helmet. That's it. And then the gloves. Oh, yeah. Like I had an experience one time uh, on the long time ago. Somebody had KTM in front of me, and they rooster tailed. And I'll never forget driving and like three dimensionally seeing this thing slow slow motion, like hitting my finger. And I still have a bump there from like six years ago from a roost. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and from that day forward, I always wear street gloves when I ride. Right, and then no I'll, bark busters on your bike. Or it just went around? Not, not on that one. Yeah. And thanks, John, for calling me out for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, really. That, you, fuck you. You know what I mean? How about that? But like, nowadays, like, and when we, remember when I went to the desert and I had to cut out the, those shit on the inside? And I gave you shit. Yeah. Because I was wearing my, I was wearing my like, leather street gloves with like hard armor on the outside. And to me, I'm like, well, that makes sense because I might hit a rock or like yeah. smash. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, or you know what I mean? And, or like if I go down with my hand. Which happened, mm-hmm. and my my handlebar landed on my finger and ripped my fingernail off. So, well, honestly, and I was like imagining, like maybe I just maybe I just need to wear boots and knee guards yeah. and a helmet, you know. And I I look at my gear and just I, looking at my gear, but I, I need feel to so wear much safer. All, I know I look at my gear and I need to wear it. I feel it's so much safer, up. especially boots. You, you just can't scrimp on. Every time it seems like we ride with somebody new or kind of learning, and they just wear work boots, their foot gets fucked up. And silly uh-huh. stuff. Remember, what yeah. uh, that happened Trevor. to John last week. That happened to me last week. Yeah, my foot still hurts, man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh Dude, my god! Well, Trevor, Trevor crashes <laughs> epically in in ways that, like, I mean, because he goes for it, right? And he he's does. not no, like me, where he rides above his ability. He like he's not shy, exactly. Yeah. and he pushes it. But I don't think you say he's stupid. But that one time, his suspension on his bike, it's Eliza's old bike, is yeah. so horrible. Yeah, that it it just like it, it's all over the place. There's nothing to it. But I mean, like every time he crashes, he lands and injures himself where he had shitty, shitty, uh, yeah. what do you call it? Shitty yeah, gear. Just bad luck in that way. Yeah. No shitty gear. Like it was yeah. the boots that one like, time where it was like, bro, if you had proper boots, that would not have happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you had hips, that wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Like I have that cartwheel over the front, the yeah. endo, I don't know, like what would have helped that? Maybe like. Yeah. Like Robo an airbest. The fucking back of the bike landed on his fucking chest. I know. Oh. But I think the take a message is we suck, so we wear more gear. Yeah, yeah. I'm and we're, we're old as dirt yeah. and old. Well, and I and I do fall over sometimes, and when I yes. fall, I, dude, I, I in just, the dirt, yeah. it's it's not what if, it's when. Well, yeah. oh, I exactly. don't give a fuck. I, I mean, like it is what yeah. it is. You and know I, what I mean, I know when I was up, uh, where was I? in Enza Borrego, and I was going up this steep kind of V rocky thing. That's when I dented the muffler on the muffler on the four fifty. I also hit all that same group of rocks with my elbow, right? And my Ooh. elbow hurt for like a couple of weeks. It wasn't bad, never really, but it was sore for a couple of weeks. And guaranteed, if I didn't have some sort of elbow stuff there, I would have been a whole different experience way out in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, I'm down with gear. Yeah. Well, here's another thing that um, I've been thinking about. And this is a conversation we've been having a lot lately. But it came up again at the garage today, so I thought I'd just bring it up again. Um, uh, Scotty was here earlier yes and uh they are looking for a bike they're going to be doing the bdr the southern california bdr okay and 
and um, they were interested in a XR six fifty L. And I was like, mm-hmm. "It's a better option than the S- mm-hmm. yeah. yeah." Okay, and we're going through. Um, yeah, uh, they well, have they a, were talking about using the SV six fifty SV six fifty with dirt tires on. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." Yeah, yeah. I with the stocks, man. So we started. <laughs> him and I were there, just kind of like looking, nodding, like, "Good luck with that." Seventeen. So started like rattling off all the potential bikes. You know, the DR six fifty, the right. KLR six fifty, all these. Any bikes. one of those would be better than the SBC. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and just recapping. My um, KLX 250 would, have been <laughs> would be better. <laughs> but then I, I was like, and then if you want to leave reliability and affordability and get into performance, now you're getting in a Husqvarna that, and KTM and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. But again, reliability and, and um, affordability. I would go for engine first on a ride like that. Um, but it made me bring up the question. What would you say right now is the best all-around bike? GS1200. No. No, not, you're not going to do single track on that. Well, I mean, some people You'd do. You'd be surprised but, what but, I could but, do with single track. But that's highly skilled. 10 or Best, because we used to say, I mean, we still say the KLR, the DR650, good at everything, great at nothing, right? But there are bikes now that have raised the bar that are, better at everything than the klr or the dr they're still not great at everything but better uh the tenere 700 being one of them the uh, ktm 790 yeah, yeah. but the, the problem yeah, yeah was, was the 790 like the exc 500 or something like i don't know what is that no 790 is more it's like a wicked little in, uh adventure it's, bike okay yeah. so it's yeah. got a little yeah. bit more weight because my whole thing about dual sports is mm-hmm. that it's it's fifty fifty. It's it's going to be like okay in the dirt and okay in the street, and like any one of my bikes, as soon as I take the the husky on on the highway, it's like it's like this because right. there's nothing to it. But then you're like, oh, so clearly it's a dirt bike. You get in the dirt right. and you're like, oh, it's too heavy. So that's it's, my question. What is right now the best all around? I mean, we get new riders all the time. What are you looking for in a bike? Well, something I can take, uh, you know, commute on every day that I can maybe take my girlfriend, go camping and load up the gear and maybe do a track day. I like people like want, I, I don't think, I don't you know? think it's substantially changed, Eliza. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because if you go further in one direction, like better off road bike, mm-hmm. it's taking away I know. From the street. So the old diehards like the KLR, like the DR, like the XR650L, mm-hmm. this is the manufacturers aren't stupid. This is why these bikes are unchanged for 30 years. Because that's kind of as good as you're going to get for something that's actually rideable for any length of time on the street at a high rate of speed and take off road. And there are marginal differences between the two. We know the DR is lighter and slimmer than the KLR. Uh, but the, the T7 really has, is the next generation. I, as far as I'm concerned, anything yeah. European, you have to throw you have to throw out because the reliability here's, here's, is I agree. Yet. So let's, I think reliability and affordability is an important feature. So let's throw out a KTM, Husqvarna, stuff I'll, like that. Okay, I'll throw kind of an obvious one. A Honda XR, a plated XR650. It's a um, it's a high stuff. competition yeah. bike though. Yeah, it requires, and that's one of the things um, I told Scotty. Like, you, this bike uh, that they're looking at had like fifty, sixty thousand miles oh on my it. God, oh no! And has been a commuter bike, and I'm like, ooh, you don't know how right. often they've been doing top end, all this, no. yeah, the valves Oil and all this stuff. Yeah. 
And to prove my point, Jim, look at your 450, which is yeah. an absolutely superb machine. Right, but oil changes every 600 miles. There you go. <laughs> you know, there's, you, the, you, always, there's, you always pay the devil. Yeah, well, yeah. And we in your the, bike, it's very, very maintenance heavy. That's because I ride with the devil. The way right. I see it, right, <laughs> if you have something that's going to be, you know, partially speed, uh, partially street, partially dirt, is like go for dirt heavy. Because the thing is, like, if you have a slower bike on your street, it's not going to make the ride more difficult. But if you're in the dirt with a more street bike, it's going to be painful and time consuming and difficult. So I feel like if you're going to go for anything, just be a little slower in the street, but be faster in the dirt, because that's going to be... The challenge. We're right? not going to end up with a KLR, are we? Is that that's no? Not this I, is going. I actually wrote down the Tenere Seven Hundred. Yeah. I think yeah. it might be the best all around. It's, this is basically yeah, the good. the the decathlon, right? Don't tell Charlie. I know. No, that he <laughs> he doesn't have a Seven Hundred in the decathlon. They're not the fastest runner. They're not the highest jumper. They're not you know the furthest thrower, but the best at all the things. So but I'm they can saying compete in all classes. But I'm saying mm-hmm. so. Can you think of a bike? That does better in everything than the Tenere 700. Well, the one thing I'll try to throw some some darts at it. Um, how much does it weigh? Mm, it's uh, 460, I think, somewhere in that okay, area. Okay, so not terrible. I mean, no. you don't want to be picking it up. It's in got the upside down fork, so it's long, got modern but... modern suspension. Okay, I, that I, engine is bulletproof. I mean, I mean they, they flat track that engine. I'm just figuring ha- based on like bikes that I've owned. So it's really hard for me to like, this is what I would think, but it's just like without actually having like owning it and going through trials and tribulations and being like, here's the best bike or here's the worst one. It's like, I can only go based on what I know. And I know that my 500 Husky is like way too wide for single track. Yeah. And, and, and right. trying to whip that yeah. thing around is a fucking well, pain in the ass. Does, so what, 21 inch front wheel? Yes. yes. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool there. So, and I did, uh, I always like to throw in a whammy suggestion for somebody to somebody and for scotty i suggested as a whammy the honda adventure scooter i have no well, i'm gonna say hold on comfortable with it but I'm, I'm i'm throwing that into the decathlon uh you know competition here with the bikes the problem with that is is, is the feet position is isn't great for kind of harder core off-road stuff right but i'm saying uh, the adventure scooter is something that can do all the things, mm-hmm. right? And it being low center of gravity, um, low seat, and, a, and an automatic makes it easier to handle. Any rocks but a that. scooter. Ah, look. Sorry, you know, scooters. Is there a better all around scooter you can think of that can be in that competition? The Grom. No. You need a scooter. You need a, a big sc- wheel scooter. A scooter lighter. My, this is my this fat is, tire. Yes. This is bubbling yeah, from the that sick bed. <laughs> it really that is, is no. It's 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 yeah. it's bubbling from yeah. the sick bed on your part. <laughs> like I, I mean, said, I always like to throw in a whammy to consider. You know. No, it's nonsense. You could do the BDR on an adventure scooter. I don't okay, think so. Okay, what about Althus, What about a Ducati uh, du- Ducati Scrambler. Desert Sled Scrambler? Oh, it'd blow up immediately. That's a Ducati, yeah. It would leave you crying by the side of the road, and there is no crying in motorcycles. And what about the the Triumph Scrambler? You know, the Triumph Scrambler, I love them dearly, but they are are quite chunky. I mean, it's it's big, it's burly. You need a lot of upper body strength to manhandle that thing around. Yeah, and I always think, too, like, because we are bad dirt bikers, picking things up, like, (laughs) more than once or twice. (laughs) Have you picked up a KLR yet? Yeah. That thing's fun. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of picking things up, at the class yesterday, there was a young kid 
and there was a bunch of young people, and this kid kept falling over, and he would pull like uh, like like Freya and just sit there and help. I can't get up, and I'm like, dude, you're like six foot one, and you're like fourteen or fifteen. Like, what what the fuck are you doing, man? And he would like like crawl out from underneath the bike, and then like try to sit there and struggle, 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 struggle. And like at some point, I'm just sitting there in street clothes. I run up the hill and I come to him. I'm like, hey, dude, stop, 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 stop. Put it down. And I did like the um the what's her name um. The Sarah? Jocelyn? Yeah, the Jocelyn. Yeah. You get oh, the down Jocelyn and you deadlift it. I'm like, just grab it like this, yeah. grab the thing. And then he goes and grabs a fucking exhaust. And I'm like, oh! bro, what are you doing? No, no. And he's like, he didn't want to do it again. And I'm like, man, just listen to me. Grab it here, grab the bar, deadlift it, and just straighten your, straighten your arms. It was a PW50 he couldn't up. lift up? No, 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 no. Okay. It was like a 250. It was like a CRF 250 right. or something. Yeah. And? And, uh, and and he wound up like eventually getting underneath it and doing it. And I'm just like, bro, you're dead for the day You now. know, Mike. You know? um, cruelty to children appears to be quite a common denominator Dude, in your he's life. 14. He's he's got hair in his nuts. He ain't no child. <laughs> what? You know what Nevertheless, what hair on his what? Uh, yeah. So what? What else? I, yeah. I think Mike was saying he was an adolescent and not necessarily a child. I'm glad I wasn't. Well, I think um, that you know Honda keeps teasing of coming out with either a smaller Africa twin or the new. Um, Trans out, right? Right. Um, and uh, I'm surprised there aren't more contenders. You know, they, they, I think the Transalp is probably a name they should stay away from because the Transalp, as charming a bike as it was, it was never really a serious off-road bike. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it was a boulevardier that looked like a dirty bike. It was, I think, a, a, a baby Africa twin. So which would be sort of like a 10700 beater is very very interesting. What do you think about the CB500X? Would that be? Well, the, the CB500X is a, is a marvelous bike. It's absolutely superb, but it's stuck with with little wheels. Yeah. yeah. Well, the small Africa twin could be that parallel twin you always speak of. There the you third. go. Exactly. Like what a 500cc or a 650 Africa yeah. twin. You know, I think Easy on the, 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 the CB500X is close. Yeah. If I, I mean, if I was, um, if I was thinking about my perfect off-road bike, it, I'd probably start with a CB500X, but then I'd do something with a fork, something with the shocks. I'd put proper size wheels oh. on it, which means a twenty-one and an eighteen. I'll tell you what, let's let's have let's, that as the let's core. build this a better bike than the Tenere Seven Hundred. Let's build it right now. So the first question is, what CCs do we need? Five hundred. Do you, but you mm. don't think 500 is going to be underpowered? No, I don't, because you picked the right 500. I'll okay. tell you what I'd start with, an ancient engine. I'd power it with an Ninja 500 engine. So I'll follow that question oh, with what yeah. What ideal weight do we want to have? I'd say uh, under four, for yeah. sure. I mean, because if you're going to actually do any street riding, you want a little bit right. of girth there, too. So let me champion the cause for the Ninja 500 engine. So it's 500 twin. It's water-cooled, so it's stable temperature. It's carburetted. You could easily convert it to fuel injection, but if you know what you're doing, you can set up the carburetors very, very nicely. It's a good, solid 60, 65 horsepower engine. It makes gobs of torque. Hmm. It's got a six-speed transmission. Listen, I, I think It's really, a great what, power plant. What it, it all comes weighs, down to, you know what they always say, it's not the skate, it's the skater. And, it, and I think it's most important thing is a rider, and I got one, and it's Freya. So if you need one for the DDR, <laughs> we'll put on it. But so, that's the same horsepower the car bikes are making. Those 450 car bikes are so, making in the 60 horsepower range. So. All right, so 500 twin. Engine. Yes. 
Um, we need to have a 21 inch front reel. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Competitive. 18, 18 oop, 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 side down front forks. Yep. Upside down front forks. And you could have an 18 or a 17 inch rear. It all depends on the geometry. What size tank? Mm. Well, that because you, you know what? This is something that didn't come up in the debate between the KLR and the DR. I, I mentioned the it. DR has a small tank. Yeah. yeah well, the, I mean, the DR is a substantially it, smaller bike all around. Um, I mean, you need to think carefully about fuel and about where you where you carry it and how you carry it. I would like to see a some somewhat larger tank. I carry carried like a KTM. But carried lower, like a KTM does. Like a you yeah. know, like a KTM. Like and the advantage of having using the Ninja five hundred power plant is because it's liquid cooled and it maintains a more stable temperature. You can actually extend the tank. Let me ask down you to cylinder head sort of level. Is this is this the same reason why they put the split tank on the Harley to keep the the weight lower? Right over the top of the engine? No, you know, I think the Harley was really it was just following what Harley have always done. It's an unnecessary benefit. What is that? So would you so when you tank size would you th- three and a half gallons or, or more? I'm thinking three and a half gallons four, is kind of a nice think, size. Yeah. I think four. the KLR is four. Well, okay. so let's let so even when you're giving it the beans with a nicely set up engine, um, you should be getting forty forty two out of the Ninja engine. Mm-hmm. They do forty forty five. Let's say yeah. let's say forty five. Like so a, four with gallon a, with tank a wind jammer on. Yeah, <laughs> four gallon tank is going to give you hundred hundred eighty mile range. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And you can always bring extra if you need. See, I know yeah. we're going down this road, but I was always hoping with the new KLR that they would have take, took the 650 motor, the twin, mm. and then built uh, built what we're talking about with that 650 motor because that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a phenomenal motor also. Right. Cool. The other stuff I'll throw out is minimal, like some wind protection, like a rally raid kit almost, yep. a small yeah. windscreen, yep. some right. bark busters to keep the wind off you a wee bit. Yeah. And a comfy seat. Right. Comfy seat. So, yes. so um, why hasn't anybody I, done this? I'm, I'm being <laughs> well. They kind of have, and we never got it. Um, they they marketed way back when they marketed the KLE 500 in Europe. Oh, I never saw which that. was kind of a, an adventure bikey thing, um, and it was a little tame. That was the only thing, but it was on the right track. Huh. Um, this was around the same time as the 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 Tenere, not the Super Ten, the original Ten. Um, and the KLE was very, very loved by its owners. And that was a 500 or? Yeah, it was the 500. Yeah. Shaft drive, chain drive. Chain drive. Yeah, you oh, you've got to have chain drive. Oh, you've got to have chain drive. Got to have chain drive. So, uh, yeah, we keep trying to find, like, the perfect blend of all the things. I'll build one. As soon as I stop wheeling and dealing with ancient bikes, I will build one. You yeah. Th- you think Suzuki's going to come out with a replacement for the DRZ mm. at some point? The DRZ? Yeah, the 400. I mean, that's been around ah, forever man. and ever. I wonder if that could be the next iteration of a dual sport. <sighs> I mean, the only reason... You see, the thing is, all of these bikes are following a natural progression. I know everyone's getting very excited about the new KLR, but it's yeah. it's not that different no, from the old really KLR. Not. And same with the 650 and the same with the 400. These are essentially very, very simple bikes. I mean, ultimately, the DRZ 400 and the DR650 have got to become fuel-injected because they simply won't pass. Especially with Europe. Yeah, they they won't pass any kind of European emissions with with them carbureted. Um, But I don't think you're going to see anything radical. 
You know, as long as they keep selling them and they prove as popular as they are, there's really no incentive to update them. And we also have to ask the question, does the better bike exist in another country? Because we know that there are bikes in other countries that we never see. Well, just, but you see, hang on. So let's put this into perspective. We threw the Husqvarna out because of reliability and because of cost of ownership. If we were having this conversation in Stockholm right now, Mm-hmm. it would be a very different conversation because there'd be a Husky dealer on every street corner. And then it becomes the viable option. So it all depends on what's going on in your country. Or even um, a GS850 or something, you know? Right, Remember exactly. That, uh, Jocelyn's uh, little GS she had, the 450. That oh, seemed like yeah, a really interesting bike. It's kind of a rare bike, too. I know, but that was an interesting platform that sort of might have filled some of the bill we're talking about here. Right. Yeah, well, um, hopefully, so um, what I told Scotty, the best bike for them is going to be the one that has all the accessories that you will need to do a trip like that. So bottom line is, um, as we know, accessories don't add a lot to the resale value of a bike, but they add a lot of expense to you if you're buying a a stock XR650L. I've got the perfect option for Scotty. And you have to put bash plates on and 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 all the things well, i said so i said scotty i got a klr right here scotty should pick up the xs that has yeah i've got a fantastic the XS would be yeah. perfect i've got, got a bags. fantastic no. fairing saddlebags all available some knobbies on that sucker and call yeah. it good so i said <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a, a klr a dr whatever even if it's a versus at the right price versus. that yeah. that has all the right gear you know then that's going to be the right bike because otherwise you can add a lot of money. Even just the seat, buying a like a DR650 with a stock seat, ooh, nasty right? business. Or even a KLR650, yes. you're going to want a good seat. Yeah, the new KLR seats are good. Yeah, but but seat concepts is better. It is. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's I think the 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 right bike, the perfect bike, is the one that someone else already did all the bits on. That's the truth. Right. But it is interesting, and it made me just think more about the Tenere 700 is coming a little more into my radar. Is that the perfect all yeah, I'd like bike? to ride one of those. So let me ask you this then. Um, what's the worst bike ever made? Ooh. What's the opposite? The Katana, like the older, the older, the ugly. <laughs> Street bike the or dirt bike? The opposite of the oh, best no. all around. What is like the worst? The worst all around? I mean. The Hayabusa? Is the CR500 no. the worst all-around no, bike? There have got to be worse bikes. I mean, The CR500 can kill I think you. my fucking KLX250 was the worst bike ever. Why? Because it was fucking terrible. It was <laughs> it was so tall. And so you looked like you felt like you had this like real kind of bike. And then you'd get on it and it was just like it was a turd. It had no power anywhere. Um, in order to get any power, you'd have it like you'd have to like max the RPMs out on it. And then, like, the suspension was just, like, god-awful. And, I mean, it's so, so you get a bike like that, right? It's almost unsafe. It's That's what D- it, Trevor's dealing with right now is a CRF250, yours, the, ra- uh, yeah. the rally version? What it, no, the regular? It's the L, yeah. So what you pay for that bike right up front, like, normally you'd think to yourself, like, well, it's a cheap bike. I can just throw these parts on it. But what does it cost to do a full suspension? Uh, let me tell you, right, upgrade the, the brake and put guards on? best like, thing half about the price that bike, for the bike is it's still going. Yeah, your brand friends, fucking new. Your friends have tried to kill it. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. Listen, it still has I, like a thousand miles on it, or like twelve hundred <laughs> miles. Like you know, it's like it's twelve hundred hard miles with a new rear subframe and and handlebars and this and that. But I, I'm I'm just saying, like, there, you know, if, if you ever drive, if you ever ride behind him on trails, I cannot believe he's at speed with us. And then when it's all dusty, all you see is this rear brake light. Like this, you just see a red light in in in, in the dust. Yeah, and you're like, like a flipper, and you know, like I'm just kind of going over the top of him, like like right through, and he's feeling and hitting every single thing, and then he's not rebounding. It's just like the whole thing. And I said to him, I was like, well, you know, maybe just we'll, you know get something that's set up for you and get some suspension. I'm I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm like, well, maybe that good shit's gonna that- be like twenty five hundred bucks. Maybe that's right, just like, cursed. I've been with that bike. <laughs> I've been with that bike since you bought it. Yeah. I remember when when Bodge Bell snapped the, <laughs> yeah. the handlebars off of it, and we had yeah. to bodge it on the way home. Those handlebars were replaced three times. <laughs> and then I remember doing surgery on the side case with Trevor with steel stick. Yeah. Did you see the uh, subframe? No. Did you, did you? But you saw like this? Saw how the subframe was like crushed into the tire? Is it? It's, it broke off in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Because too much it, weight. Well, yeah. he 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 endoed. He, oh, no. he flipped over the front off the bars, and then the bike continued, and the whole back end smashed oh, him right on his shoulder. Dude. But, like, where the subframe hit him, the weight of the bike landed right on it. So it just, and then it just kept going. Wow. And then I remember I had my drone, and I'm all flying it over, and I'm like, I'm way far away, and I'm watching. I'm like, what you, you know, that looks <laughs> like, like I a, hope I got that. I was like, oh, that was a pretty gnarly fall, but, like, why is he just sitting there? Why is it like, get up, bro, let's go. Those bike's in four pieces. Yeah, so then, and then, like, <laughs> after about five minutes, he's sitting there looking at it like, what the fuck, dude? You know, and I, like, land it, and I go down there, and he's like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, something's stuck in the tire, and I'm like, bro, the whole back end of the bike is. Well, that happened to me and Liza. We were riding Pozo. Remember Pozo down there? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, why does my shock feel like it blew out? I'd been carrying my tool roll on the back of my klx yeah and it snapped the subframe in the back and the, the rear fender yeah. was bouncing up and down as i was riding yeah. out. I, if you watch his video like he went over a tabletop and like i always say like i like from the day it happened i was like oh i think you blipped the throttle as your front tire just cleared the front meaning that your front tire is sitting on the top and then you blipped it and the back end just came up like that but now i'm not convinced now i, I think he compressed mm. into it and every time he goes into something that's got more than like two two or three feet he's still going up it while the back goes like this and then springs back up on him mm-hmm. every time so he's learned to like go at speed with 500s and other bikes on something mm. that's like that which is impressive but then it catches up and and, and <laughs> right. that's what i'm saying it's like the bikes are just like it's a death trap and then like, you're not going to put the money into it like a bike that just is wimpy up a hill and and just has no power to yeah. get it for what you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like um, <laughs> you're uh, the Bukaki Dave story. Emma, oh I, have, I have a question God, for yeah. you, but before Even I do, better. just a, uh, an announcement, real quick. Um, our guest tonight has had to reschedule. Something's come up with family. Okay. Oh, that happens. He's going to have to recompense. Yeah. That happens. Yeah, no, yeah. we demand compensation. Yeah. <laughs> we demand it. Ice cream is good. But Emma, I want to know Pro- from you because you stayed quiet. I threw out a question. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a little more um, right. exact. In the last 25 years, what's the worst bike ever made? I don't think that's a fair question. you got to segment it, right, into different categories. Be, I mean, well... well th- no, I mean, there's going to okay. be some well, horrible a, bikes What's that come the to first mind. thing that comes to your mind? And, and we don't know... Stop thinking on, about it. Hold on, we, the first thing? we know that there are bikes that are quite good, but they're just the wrong time. Like the GB500 becomes, right. you know, it was just the wrong time. The ghoul blimey 500. So it's not necessarily something that only came out for one year. Sometimes it has more to do with the worst look economics. You the, know, the worst bike the, is any bike 
that is so unsuited for the purpose you or the rider of the bike is putting it to and you just keep doggedly trying with an unsuitable bike. The fact of the matter is... CRF 215. <laughs> bikes made these cool. days, there aren't that many stinkers. There really aren't. Because they're made to a certain standard now. You know, yeah, but there has to be something that's failed. I mean, I'm not talking about... How about the Buell about- Blast? There are a lot of Little people Buell. who love Buell Blasts. I'm talking about something that just has failed on... At, at what everything. about like on a maintenance? Like what's the so, last bike in the world you want to see rolled up into into Moto Town? Oh, I'll fix them all. I know you will, I'll but what's fi- the last I'll, one you want to see? I'll fix them all, darling. I struggle with Harleys just because they are so fucking heavy. Mm. Um Everything weighs so much. Cast iron frames. Yeah, cast iron frames, big, Mm. heavy Mm. wheels. And, of course, I've only got so much strength. Mm. Um, So I do tend to struggle in terms of weight. Let me throw out some. And I know these are bikes that people will love. But just for example, a Boss Haas. See, a Boss Haas has got its place. I don't think that's a bad bike. It's horrible at everything, right? It's It's... It's not made to be a Let good me tell you, motorcycle. If, if I lived in Nebraska and I just wanted to go from Omaha to wherever, a yeah. um, hundred miles down a dead straight highway, I think it'd be a marvelous place to be. Sitting on like a 900-pound V8 motorcycle burbling underneath you, I think it'd be bloody great. All you need is some Bob Seger song playing in your in your helmet. Can, and it's, it's America, isn't it? So what about yes, the 883? No, the 883 is a great little bike. Ah, but the Street 500. Oh, that could mm. be. Yeah, that's a contender there. Yeah. That could be a stinker. No, just because hang. they were trying to make something to uh, to to a market to a for a cost, and I think that they failed. I don't think the either the Street 500 or the Street 750 are fundamentally bad motorcycles. The quality of the chrome alone. Do you remember seeing a bike that was less than a year old that had rust and pitting on the forks? Well, I mean, I to, mean, to be that fair, to me that is a is, huge ding. Right, but there are a lot of bikes that are built down to a budget that will do the same thing. Um you know, it's it certainly isn't the greatest bike that oh, that's Harley the bike ever Jonathan owned. had. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's and it had rust. I mean, it was cheaply made. Right was uh, to me the, the where I, I told people don't buy it. It's cheaply made. However, not because it's too too small or underpowered. It was cheaply made. Right, but right now, and to be fair, Jonathan was not the world's greatest keeper of bikes. Um. There are people who own them who absolutely love but them. There are people who love PC eight hundreds. I'm saying there are people who love everything. Yeah, and so that take that away. That's so you can't use that. Well, no, you. There's can. people who love Modises. There's people who love Goldwings. There's people who love right. CX five hundreds. So now we're getting right. into the fundamentals. So I'm of... just saying take take away the argument of people love it. Take that away. Oh, I think that's everything though. Because we don't ride motorcycles because we have to. Can you we name a bike that nobody that loves? 
Yeah, that BMW, the twelve hundred chopper thing they had. Oh, the yeah. Oh, I know. There's some people that have a fetish about that. The one behind you. So the C C eleven hundred, C twelve hundred, C twelve hundred. That thing is the ugliest. As a dog bike, the R twelve hundred C. That bike. Yeah, there it is. The right there. R twelve hundred C. That bike is the best sidecar tug ever made. But it's not poorly made. No, it's very right. nicely made. It's not successful. And I know and plenty ugly, of people to... And that, again, John, as ugly as they are, they have, they certainly have a following. And having owned yeah. one and ridden a couple of them, it is a very, very nice place to be. Hmm. It's a really nice bike to ride. Far nicer than you think it's going to be. So, so but, what I'm hearing is every bike was a success. No, no, that's not what we're asking. That's not what we're saying. Can can I throw one out there? Yes, please. How about the the Hyosung GT 650R? Oh, Oh, any Hyosung. I was trying to, you see... I was trying to avoid the Chinese-made bikes in general. That, this uh, isn't Chinese. Chinese. Are those Korean? It's Korean. Yeah, Korean. Well, Republic of China... No, no. South, Korea. Korea. South Korea. South Korea. Okay. Hyo Song. So, um, it's yeah. Hyo South, not yeah. Hyo North. You know. they, they've made engines <laughs> yeah. for Suzuki. They're, they're supposed to be you know major manufacturer, but the quality on these bikes was not very good from what I recall. Right. right? You are right. And I remember uh, somebody who, who I knew who bought one uh, from a local dealer down yes. in Salinas. And within a couple hundred miles, the engine seized. And they took it back to the shop and were told, sorry, we don't have any replacements for you. Jeez. <laughs> and oh, the, the, actually, I mean, you'll probably appreciate this. The owner was saying, no, that's not covered or no. Like it was giving them the runaround. Right. The head mechanic was so pissed off. He pulled one out of, pulled an engine out of a bike on the floor, put it in his bike and then quit. Right. Wow. <laughs> that sounds about I call right. him said come get your bike i just quit um nice. because <laughs> yeah like that shouldn't happen and then the owner and i mean i don't why would an owner be playing that dog and pony show unless right the brand is not supporting and them? you know it's yeah. so let's uh, you put, may be right i think i have a candidate let's put higher song in there yeah. let's put a lot of the sort of the 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 quirky manufacturers the only problem with that argument is a lot of people are buying these bikes because it's all they can afford. Yeah. And I'm not sure whether I want to be the person who says, points a finger and says, that is a shit bike, just because you can't afford a product like that from Japan. I don't think that's entirely I think I got fair. it. I think I got it. And I think, I know people love it, but the Ural. Yeah. In terms of fit and finish and quality and shots fired. Gosh. Do you remember when am I making this up? Was it um long haul Paul who did a thing where he was gonna ride You've you have just uh, like, really upset Raymond. Long distance on I'm one sorry. and they <laughs> really kept, upset they kept Raymond. going through engines. But they're underpowered, they just handled handle. So I mean, that, finish yeah. is bad. You I do remember what? one time I was up in the mountains after gosh, the fires and they were doing a lot of logging, so the roads were closed and a guy pulled up next to me on a Ural. And he yep. happened to be, I can't remember, but he has like a popular ADV website. And right. uh, we chatted for a bit because the road was closed for a while. And then they opened the road and off we went back. I was We're heading to the coast. And I was, you know, of course, a little quicker than the Earl. And stopped in Davenport for a tea and a scone. 
And who pulls up was Ural Sidecar Man. So we chatted again, but he wasn't pulling up. His Ural had died. <laughs> so, oh. Do you remember Emma? And I and he's, yes. he's like, you know, oh yeah, yeah. He's looking yeah, at call them, right? Yeah, he's yeah. looking like at it like an old cow at a new gate. And I'm like, hey, I can call a friend. And he's like, what? Next thing you know, <laughs> hello, Jim. And we, <laughs> oh, hello. And we diagnosed the the Ural yeah, and we got him going the side of the road. Yes, and right. I assume he made it back because well, I. Well, didn't Johnny went, Mac have one and had all kind of problems with it? One of the Cleveland guys. Uh, I don't know. I think I well, vaguely I mean, remember they, that. They they are. I mean, these are these are rudimentary machines that it's, have. It's already have, a knockoff. Very old design. I mean, right. they they've added some modern technology like fuel injection to some of the more recent ones, but but they they are. They're, they're 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 crude. They're they're meant to be that way. But yeah. but the, the advantage with that though is that you can fix it with a rock and bailing wire. So you know it has its it has its disadvantages, but it also has its advantages. And and I wanted to further clarify, like I don't think we're going to count things like California Scooter Company because they don't really have yeah. dealerships, right? Right. Yeah. But you know who. There are dealers for Royal Enfield. Yeah. I think you that has that? to be on the list. They've had some bad ones. Yeah, Royal yeah. Enfield have been on a quest over the last 30 years to really improve quality control of their bikes. Yes. And they are getting a lot better, a huge amount better. Um, but they, I mean, up until probably 10 years ago, they were struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But again... You're buying a 650cc twin that looks great, looks every inch as good as a Bonneville for half the price, for like six grand out the door. So, you know, we're back in this. You got no resale, though, on the other side, though. Yeah, but we're back in the, you know, pointing at somebody who can't afford a Bonneville going, ha-ha, your bike's shit because you can't afford a Bonneville. And I'm not sure I want to be that person. Would you buy a 10-year-old... Bonneville or a brand new Royal Enfield? I don't know. Ten-year-old Bonne- Bonneville. No, yeah. actually, yeah. well, you know, I, me personally, I'd buy the Enfield and just tear it apart. <laughs> yeah, but you're, diff- you're different than the average person, though. Yeah, I'm not like the other. <laughs> um, you, but you see, that's the point. So we get back now. Now we're talking about the used bike market, and that's the Wild West. Yeah. So- you know, 10-year-old Bonneville anything can have happened to it. Right. And a lot of people simply aren't confident enough in themselves to buy a 10-year-old used bike. So they go for the new bike. And a new Bonneville's, what, 12 grand? Mm-hmm. Uh, or an Enfield Interceptor's six, six and a half. Yeah. So there you go. It's half the price. Is it half the bike? I think it's a lot more than half the bike. Um, and it but does come with a warranty. It actually comes with a warranty. And yes... The fit and finish isn't as good as the Triumph, but is it half as good? You know, well, you I lose mean, it on the back end, though. That's so. The I'm going to throw out another one, and this may seem weird, but I'm going to say zeros, and here's why: you don't want to touch a ten year old zero right now, right? Well, I think because that's a slightly different thing because is. that's just how. Fast the technology is exactly. moving. Exactly. And this is a whole nother factor. My point. There was on on uh, I think Facebook uh, in the Zero group, somebody said, Hey, I'm looking at a, a like a twenty eleven FX batteries are dead, but they only want five hundred bucks. And the guys were like, No shit. Great. Buy for five hundred and then you're gonna put twenty five hundred into new batteries and then you've got an eight hundred dollar bike. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know? And yeah. it's not that it's poorly made. It's that the technology is changing so much faster that within right now, eight years, something is worth nothing. They should do yeah. a buyback. You know? Well, they have done that. On the newer ones, they did offer it upgrades for, uh, yeah, they did. But I'm just saying, it, it's it's the technology that couldn't it is advancing faster. They made the best bike they could at the time. Right. Right. And I think that's an important point to remember when, especially when we talk about the cheaper bikes like the Ural, mm-hmm. like the Royal Enfield. Um, these people are making the best bikes they can, bearing in mind, number one, where they're made, and number two, you know, the budget for the bikes. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough – it's far easier to pick the best bike than the worst bike you know, without trying to sound all sort of weird and accusatory. The, the 10-year question is, is really interesting to me because it's – you know, if I was going to buy anything 10 years old – It'd be Japanese. I mean, that's that's my first stop. Maybe maybe a Harley, depending on how it was how it's cared for. But I'm not looking at a ten year old KTM for the what most part. What about my shovelhead? <laughs> that's different, though. I would buy your shovelhead. Not, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. But I'm not looking at a ten year old KTM or a Husky or uh, even sometimes BMWs. You're kind of like I. Hmm. I wouldn't buy my well, shovelhead. Why not? Why? Because you've got <laughs> you've got you've got those ridiculous ground pounders on it. If oh, you would have put the is he still going on about those? Yeah, no, pipes? I, I'm no. You need to put the fish tails back on. I it. don't know about that. Oh, I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> I will never forgive you. I don't know this about that. Stupid oh, ground pounders. I'll this is a what, classic listen, machine. I'll run them for the spring. I'll Said bring the, it to you, and you can put them back on. I'll put them back on. I'll put them back on for free. Oh, this is how strongly so cool. I feel. What? Mm. They look so fucking cool. What the ground man? pounders? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> The ground pounders look good. The fishtails are just kind of, I don't know. No, the fishtails. Listen, the bike is so sleek and slimline and, and just like The fishtails are, fish are everything. Just like, no, they are everything on I'm, that bike. It's, it's like taking a car and putting like a truck bed on it. I don't it. know. It's if you have fishtails, like you need to have white walls. No, no he doesn't. He I'm just, just saying. Fishtails. Well, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for these tires to wear out. You know, it's, it's <laughs> anybody who puts ground pounders on... Are you calling a me classic, a pussy? No, I am calling you an escapee from a lunatic Are asylum. Are you calling me a squid? No worse. Mm. No worse. A candidate mm. for a straitjacket. Oh, my God. That bike looks so sexy. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It looked better with the fishtails on it. I could sit there and just look at the bike and just be like. Well, I could too. But it will be ridicule so over the exhaust system. Does it give you a yeah. boner when you look at it, Mike? Yeah, I get oh jealous because I own the bike. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just curious when you're going to make Freya a chopper. Ooh. Another she one? He had one when she was like, what? Yes, yeah. I mean, you know, as a, I'm, as a, I, I'm interested. Knock, knocked one out. Yeah. No, we need, Freya needs some desert oh, wait. time. Okay, but can you make a chopper out of like a PW50? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Saw a scooter chopper. Today. You can chop anything. I was thinking about getting one of the pitsters because I can get them plated. You know, and then get like a mini chopper, and then I'd put like a seventies theme paint job on it, like kind of real weird retro Dude. colors. And then Freya, can oh, flight, you know what, flight green. Yeah, but the problem is though, especially with the little mini choppers, when they get at speed, like if the kid's not super familiar with centrifugal force and leaning, uh, it, it, the turning radius on them is just horrible. Do you remember the baby chopper, the Strider? I, I had a little seven-year-old boy get on it because I was like, I oh, just let me see, what, you know, 
how this biking goes. Like, as I know, Freddie can't do it. Now. I, started, I swear to God, the thing <laughs> folded like origami right in the middle, and the kid could not figure this thing out because it didn't. It didn't turn. It 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 folds. Yeah, the whole bike. Well, bends what you in, could in do. Middle. What you could do. Hmm. So, what you could do for Freddie is you do a bobber with it with the stock. You do the stock. Um, like lucky terms. You know, regular steering head angle. Yeah, and just put little apes on it, so make it a little bobber. Yeah, 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 yeah. She'd like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, and, and chop the rear off. Cool. She'd be rock and roll. I was thinking about getting her a, po- a pocket rocket, though. Really? Have, yeah, so she can rip around the yard because it's like it's all paved and stuff. Like the X one. Yeah, like a little little mini, like, and she could race, and I can. She could really be Marquez. I'll get her some leathers and stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, just curious, Mike. Mm-hmm. If she was to crash, who would you call? I should just tell her to get back up again. We sing the song when she crashes from Trolls. Get back up again. And I'll start singing it. And then she'll be like, get back up again. It works every time. Awesome. So I'm sorry. That is the wrong answer. The correct answer is call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS. Oh, no. Because your case evaluation is free and they don't get paid until so you Freya get paid. So could sue her father with law tigers? Uh uh, I'm an S corp. Okay, so you know what? I'm in full, full disclosure. I'm about to read an ad from Law Tigers, but you know what? I wanted to give a little more background about this. Um, normally, our advertisers would pay us to read their adver- advertisement, as Emma would say. Um, this one is a little more special, and there's a reason I've been reading these. Um, in this case, Law Tigers donated money to MotoGo. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yes. You guys remember MotoGo Cleveland teaching great. kids how yeah. Yeah. they totally. donated a, a good bit of money and I agreed to give them advertising because of it because right I figured this is full, you know, full support all the way around. Yeah. Um, I love what they're doing and, and hopefully you'll get, uh, you know, get the kids into wrenching. Yeah, I donated well. to Moto Ho, where they get these <laughs> prostitutes off the street. They teach them how to ride. It's a different kind of ride they're given, though. It's a different ride entirely. <laughs> it really is. It's only one so, year, you know? You still might need law tigers. <laughs> yeah, so I need law doctors, way. too. <laughs> so law, law tigers, let me tell you a little bit about law tigers, Mike. They should be the first call you make after a motorcycle accident. Why, you say? Because they fight for motorcycle riders and their families to get the compensation they deserve. It's true. If I mean, we're all out there on the road taking the risks. We have to remember the, the risk we're putting our families at. So having somebody like Law Tigers, they know how to deal with the insurance companies. Uh, they've got over 20 years of experience. They'll handle your case with the respect and dignity you deserve because the insurance company they want to get away with paying the lowest have you ever had them just send you a check you've learned the trick right don't accept the check if they just send you something right when you have a a a lawyer on your side who knows what they're doing suddenly that that money goes up because they're not going to tell you this is how it works they come up and say here sign this paper and we'll give you a one-time check for 1500 bucks yeah, that's how it works. It it really is. Even for small stuff, anytime you're dealing with an insurance company, even your own, not just someone else's, but your own, you should get, uh, you know, talk to an attorney like Law Tigers. Representation. Exactly. They can help you get your motorcycle and gear repaired or replaced. 
They know how important your motorcycle is to you. So after it's been in an accident, give them a call at 1-800-LAW-TIGERS and they'll give you the help that you need. Emma, that's 1-800-LAW-TIGERS. They're great! (laughs) That's why I feel good uh, reading those ads because... uh, And I think a good backup is life insurance. Oh, Mm-hmm. Wow, you really brought us yeah, down. Brought Whoa, jeez. Yeah. Oh, um, right. Mike, it's been a while since you've been here. Um, what we need to catch up with you a bit. Oh, okay. Anything sure. new in your garage? Um, well, I got the CBR 1000 track bike. Yeah, I'm selling mm-hmm. it. because um, I got the Ninja 400 2021 or whatever it was. I, th- I think we all agree that was a good decision. Oh, that bike is sick. It's so mm-hmm. it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, I can tell you a funny story. I was going to go, um, Laguna Sega. I was like obsessed over just, I just want to hit the corkscrew and, um, <laughs> you know, and it was, it was in December and everyone was like, Oh, you know, the rain, the weather. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. And then we got hit with that couple weeks of rain. And then there was a clear up. Um, and I was watching every day intently and I packed up my trailer and they had two days. They had Sunday and Monday. Um, and then like I called and wrote him a message. I was like, looks like it's going to rain like all through the weekend. Can we get a refund? They're all, Oh, you know, two weeks out, you know, uh, you have to call two weeks before and and then you get a refund. I was like, seriously. Okay, whatever. Mm. Fuck it. Um, and then I get an email like, on let's see Thursday saying we canceled Monday because it's going to be a monsoon, but Sunday is still probably going to happen. And I said, okay, I got a refund for Monday. Um, and I got my trailer packs Saturday night. This is a night, um, Ari's birthday was that night, that mm-hmm. day. And I'm I'm getting ready to go, watching the weather. I'm checking every weather report. And it looks to me like rain will start at one. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I paid for it. You get down there. It's an hour away. It's not that big of a commitment. If I'm packed the night before, I get a couple sessions and I could ride the corkscrew and say, I did it. You know? Um, I have to say, even on a parade lap, the corkscrew is is menacing. Yeah. You're coming hmm. up over that hill and you can't see the other side. Yeah, you yeah. just look across a valley. That's <laughs> all you see like, is pavement Ooh. ends and like there's mountains of yeah, two comes miles up away. Up a hill. And then it suddenly you, there's a descent and to the left. Yeah, and it descends a little bit, yeah. But anyway, so then I get it and um and I'm up at 4:30 ready to go um get there early and um I had gone to a lot of work to get everything ready for mm-hmm. this like it's suspension and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, some upgrades and um, I get there. Uh, I get up at four thirty. I check the thing again, and and boom, you know. And this is after a week and a half of just steady rain all day and night. Right, we get this little lull, and I check it at four thirty in the morning, and it's like it had shifted from one to eight. And I'm like, so now it's gonna rain mm-hmm. from eight o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, all right, that's uh-huh. it. Fuck it, day's dead. I there's nothing I could do. I did everything I possibly could, uh-huh. so I don't feel bad. Did you but, sleep in your tracksuit? No, no. Oh, <laughs> I'll I can tell you another you cool doing thing. That. So then I um I get up at eight thirty because the kids are like slapping me around and shit, and and I and I get up and I'm like ah fuck it let me go check the weather and I look and I'm like clear skies till two maybe two uh, thirty I'm like get uh, the fuck out of here so if I get in the thing now and get down there it's gonna be like ten o'clock and just my luck it'll rain and by the time I'm suited up and ready to go you know I'm do tech it's like almost like noon right so. I, I was shot, and then I'm checking my 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 Instagram every every like hour, and I'm just I was so crushed. I was it was like oh, it was man. like you know like I don't know it just I was disappointed, and um and I couldn't um and then I'm watching the Instagram and the guys are like joking around like ha 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 what's up oh nothing we're just like you know we 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 
consolidated the groups and we're doing 40 minute sessions. Oh, Jesus. Oh, like, how fun would that be? Oh, my God. Like, yeah. seriously, like, I just, I could not believe it. Um, and another next thing time, is. Next time, don't trust the weatherman. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, that's not my style. My style is show up no matter what and then figure yeah. it out and it doesn't work. Like, is it just how I roll? Well, but it only takes 45 minutes to get there. It's not like. I know. It's I know, that far but away. It's like, I was just, you know, whatever. And then I also, oh. I also ordered a custom suit from Mythos. Mm hmm. And I just got it in the mail. Um, Mentos? Mythos. And it's sick. I mean, because when I wear <laughs> my other suit, my the suit it's that I could find color. that was best like suited for me, I mean, you're you're like in this position just standing up. Um, but the Mythos, shoot, Mythos suit is pretty sick. I mean, and they did everything with me online. Like I would talk to them, video conference, do all the measurements. And I mean, it really, it, it's such a huge difference wearing that versus my like off the shelf suit. Like it really is super comfortable and I can like pull the top part off relatively easily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Good. anyway, I'm going to get rid of the 1000 and I'm going to move my KTM 300 over there and then I'm going to buy another fat tire 190. Um, and then the next thing I'm doing is a cafe. And the one bike in your stable that I'm most intrigued by is the SWM. What of it? Well, just it's a bike that a lot of people haven't heard of and we all learned about it through you yeah and it's sick so your report is it still it's a legit good bike oh yeah yeah that thing is like it, it's gnarly emma's report is that it's piece of shit is that true emma <laughs> absolutely not my key no that bike is sick i mean it's got like- you know having just spent the whole podcast saying there are no shit bikes wouldn't it be a surprise if the only shit bike on the road was your SWM? All I can say is not yet. And I mean, every time I drive with Rim uh, with Jim, I mean that's the bike I have. And and uh, you know, we're we're it, it's it it keeps going. For, but funnily enough, I was actually over at Wheel Ride earlier this week, just oh. grabbing a pair of fork seals that um, my wholesaler let me down on, and I looked at one, and they, they God, they're good. You know, yeah, I rode mics. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing wrong with it at all. And even seeing it in stock trim, because yours is so messed about with now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you see a stock one, I mean, it's it is a nice quality piece of kit. I mean, it's not Japanese standard, but it's not far short of it. It's so identical to the Husky TE510 that I legitimately I could not because I had sold my Husky TE510, and I walk in the dealership and I see the shiny red head on this bike. And, and and the tubes and stuff and I'm looking at it, I'm like, Is that a is that a fucking husky T five ten? And Rich is like and he de- does a story to me that I do to everyone. I'm like, Wow, here's a story yeah. about it. And I was like, dude, that's a fucking husky. And I just sold it because I couldn't find parts for it. Now you're telling me SWM is making all those parts in the engine. Are you fucking kidding me? I love that bike. <laughs> so I bought it right off the bat and it's it's been um awesome. But I did a bunch of single track on um in Hollister recently. And I will say, I mean, just a, I don't know if it's a wheelbase or like the the height of it. Somebody could have managed that a lot better on that bike than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but normally I'm able to kind of flick stuff through. And it was like one of the one times I was riding with some good riders, Yuri and uh, and Jason, who's going to Ayersburg and shit. And and they're just you know no problem. And and Yuri's got like a little what the hell is his bike? It's like a one ten with a two fifty motor. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> really Highly short, modified, flickable. Yep. Like so, obviously he's ripping through. And then my buddy Jason, he's on like a two-stroke, like 
uh, 200 uh, Husky. Well, one guy does Isle of Man, the other guy's going to Airsbury. Yes. So. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm not like, I'm not comparing myself, <laughs> but I will say, you know what I mean? Just like the, it was very easy for them. But I think that even with them on my bike, there was a couple of like really short turns where you need to like, you're going this way and then it's kind of like a berm, but it's a single track. So you have to like get the bike up, but lean it on the right angle to get it around to stay on track. And if you don't, you're driving off a cliff. See, there's not a lot of margin for error, but the problem was like I was like I don't even know how the fuck you do this mm-hmm. with with my wheelbase being as wide as it is, because I'm like at some point like at, no matter what like I I'm, I'm rolling over this part like I can't get it to go around it doesn't it won't so, yeah these it's, guys are turning with the rear wheel they're just yeah. breaking the rear so yeah. Jim how, how, how much shorter is your and lip and, is the 450 you have is it much shorter wheelbase than, uh, than I don't I don't know no, I mean they're a, very it's different a, bikes it's a, it's um, a good few inches Mike yeah. I'm really. not making fun of you but is it possible it had more to do with skill level than it did the bike? I think it's both okay I I, I wouldn't take I, I mean listen. I don't claim to be a great dirt bike rider because the thing is, uh, at, at almost forty, I, I just want to have a good, fun weekend. Yeah. I want to, I want to go explore. Are you nearly forty, Mike? I want to be. Yeah, I'll be forty wow, this year. Good but lord! I, I just want to have fun. I want to be feel confident that when we go and exploring around California, that like I can, I'm capable of doing certain things. I have no intention of rock crawling. Yeah. I have no intention of jumping like fifteen feet down or like you know jumping off of my back leg, supermaning. I, that's never going to be me. So you can well, keep it, you think? Are you going to try to change it up? Well, I mean, like, so so uh, the problem is, like, after riding that and, and a few other things, like Forest Hills, a lot of, some more single track over there, like, I took out my two-stroke, which I fucking hate, is, like, a DM300, because uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying, and, and it does not... Listen, I rode another 300, a brand new, like, 2021, and I swear to you, it was like, it was like, I felt like there was, like, angels singing as I was riding the bike. <laughs> I swear, it, it, it was it, everything felt like it was like no 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 you're good dude like no you can do that no like, I didn't build you an engine no, like that Mike uh, you know how they talk about the RC11 yeah how it had like nothing on it and it was like the world's dangerous bike it was the most beautiful bike and I, I'll have one at some point <laughs> but like there was like nothing to it that was safe and it was just like gnarly fast and crazy that's how mm. the, my KTM 300 huh. is but in Forest Hills like I was way more confident on that one because it's a rocket you can get out of stuff but like you can it's light and, right, and it's, right. it's, it's, it's flexible. It just feels a little yeah. bit lower and, it, and you can kind of throw it back and forth with that one. If you're up and your balance is off on it, like the weight's just the way it sits high enough is that you're going to, you're going to go over. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's great for desert. I feel like it's great for um, some of the other stuff that we do. Some shit in Hollister of the big whoops, I adjust the suspension, but there's huge limitations on it because of the size. Mm. And you would, you would look at it and you'd be like, Oh, it's a 500. What do you, what can't you do? There's some stuff, you know, that a 400 and, and would be more Part of the for. problem with the 300 is my fault because if. <laughs> Don't even talk to me. Turned it into a beast. Well, no. Dude, well, that because. The hell, that thing is, is the devil. No, I've, I've always. Um, I've always been devil. very, very lucky with two strokes, as I know how to get them to make big power. So I did a, I did <laughs> a little bit. Mike, of, right? like, I did a little bit of port work on yours, and I probably give you. You know, I think I probably gave you another ten horsepower on that thing. I didn't need it. I needed thirty. I needed thirty, well, no, I needed was, thirty less. I needed thirty less. But it was a gift. If, can you put, can you ride it in rain mode? Listen, <laughs> that's what he that fucking bike. I, I swear to you, it, it's. <laughs> it's it's fucking terrifying. So like the the whole thing about it, right, is that like it's so like like incremental like this is wow that's like flat out. Yeah. Yeah. This is flat out. And I'm talking like an eighth eighth turn, right? Just barely yeah. touching it. Now imagine hitting a fucking jump 
or a bunch of whoops and you're trying to like 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 but keep the bike going to not lose the front you know momentum like you had your finger on the w key and didn't take it off on the computer yo for real if you blip the throttle on a jump on that thing this thing is is going to embed into a tree it's going to fly out and spin like 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 a stop sign in a hurricane right into a fucking tree and you're going with it you're going to be like that excite bike Mikey's going to be like I didn't know I knew how to backflip no I didn't want to like It'll be like one of those like memes where you just keep spinning into space. Like it's, Send it. it's yeah. fucking scary. Um, I wanted, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I wanted to make a couple announcements. Um, next weekend, we're doing a thing. We're having a little outing. Yes, we are. Yeah, this is kind of cool. Um, you know, we talk, we've talked about Twister Road for years now, right? Um, but they're now getting uh, dealers to sign up. Who have, I, I I assume that they're not the new bikes on the floor. I assume maybe they're trade ins or I don't know. I'm I think they sure. I think they might have started or, off as new bikes. I did not get models. my first choice because yeah. apparently somebody crashed it. <gasps> what did, what would, oh. what'd you end up with? So so right. hold on. Right. So we're all going over and renting bikes from a dealer and going for a nice little lunch ride, test ride. I was thinking of maybe going up to Lick Observatory. Ooh, that'd oh, that'd be nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Right? That'd be a fun ride. So, it's Emma. It's going to be cold up there, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah. If we I don't stay, care. If so, I stay in the middle of the pack, can I go? That's a day after I get my LASIK. Uh, no, you can be fine. Not. What <laughs> if you tow we'll, rope We'll me? tether you. We'll tether you. Yeah, and Bluetooth um, me like we're stopping But the whole now. point is we're trying <laughs> bikes we haven't tried. And yes. As I revealed last week on the show, I've never ridden a Triumph Bonneville. I've rented a Bonneville. You've never ridden a 73 yeah. shovelhead either. No. Uh, so, with ridiculous and, and, ground pounders. So, uh, John, what bike did you rent? I ended up with the uh, Indian Bobber. Oh, that's what she was going to rent. the Scout? Yeah, and no, I, got, I got kicked out well, of they, the Indian. They said no first, and then the Twisted Road contacted me and said, I think I can get that bike for you. And I'm like, great, I'll take it. Oh, so Emma, well, Sorry, Emma, I thought you were trying to get that. but I was, and enough. Twisted Road reached out to me and said, I can get you that bike, and never followed up. So oh. I couldn't get it. So have so. you got anything reserved yet? Yeah, I mean, I've got a Bonneville, but I've ridden tons of them. So Bonneville? It's not, yeah, well, Street Twin. Ah, Street Twin. Street yeah, Twin, but I've, I mean, I've ridden. Why, I've why ridden. don't you get a, a, a Roadmaster? No, I mean, I want some fun. Yeah. Roadmaster? That's why I didn't want that. <laughs> I rode a Roadmaster cross country. Yeah, but going up the lick in those tight. I had a lot of fun on it. Yeah. There were parts when we were going through. Get the Roadmaster. Let me tell you something. (laughs) When um, we were going through, even um, remember when we went to from uh, Southern California to Vegas and we were going over the mountain? Yes. And were you still with us or did you head back after that? No, No, you head back after that. I was in the Reno to San Francisco. Haley and I were up front on our, she was on a Chief and I was on a Roadmaster. We were up front and just hitting those curves because by that point we were really confident those there were people on smaller bikes that couldn't keep up with us well you'd already done how many miles on those yeah, things like 2000 or yeah. something um they perform really well right I, hmm. was really comfortable. oh yeah i've got absolutely no doubt about so it. i mean we'll see when we get there i mean i'll see what they've got um but, but the, the the point is that we can all go to one location pick up bikes and yes. go for a ride and and I think fun, I'm, fun I'm with them. I'm just leaving it up to Destiny's child to see what you I You better make sure on. they don't rent it to somebody else, though. That's, that's oh, okay. yeah, yeah, you need to oh, reserve do something. Don't go chasing waterfalls, Jim. Um, don't go chasing big and then baggers. The weekend after that, we're going to AIM Expo. Yeah, that's right. We're going yeah, to Las cool. Vegas. Yeah. Viva. And um, there's going to be flat tracking there, indoor flat tracking. There's going to be a lot going on. 
but it's mm. not open to the public this time. Oh, um, mm. yeah, mm. this is more of just an industry event, but there's going to be lots of people we know there. Well, um, including Phil. Phil, right on. We got to meet up, man. He's staying at the same hotel. Good things happen. So you guys do a strip club um, again. Oh, dudes, let's all get <laughs> naked and run into Phil's room. Going. May may I suggest that this is not the time to be going to a strip club in Vegas of all places. I, I disagree I, but, entirely. I did hear bagel. some stories about you, Bagel. By but, the way, yeah, but Bagel, that's I where you go to get the stories. good steak. Everyone knows that. I hear that the Bagel is the no, king of the strip club. That's where Bagel goes for. I already Bagel likes to make it rain, baby. Yeah, I already yeah. tackled tackled <laughs> Phil once naked. I am not pushing my luck so, in that category at all. I am um, no. I am looking forward to seeing Philippe because I believe he's just bought his very first. Jaguar. Ah, I saw. A oh yes, yes. To the um, and then the weekend after that the is nut- the Num Nuts Challenge. The nuts of Num. Um, hey, there's still we got some more people have signed up. Oh, good. Um, Mikey should do almost full. I want to have ten. <laughs> I want to have ten people, <laughs> and we're almost filled up. And I, as we announced last week, you're now doing it here at the garage. Yes, which makes it a little more convenient for people here. Um, and uh, anyone is welcome to come down and mock. The idiots. Yeah, no, I mean there will be there will be mocking <laughs> and rotten tomatoes well, and nudity. You can't hurl vegetables, but you can hurl insults. How about that? <laughs> yes, okay. exactly. Um, but yeah, if you would like to enter or watch uh, the Numbnuts, uh, you can find our Facebook event on on um, yeah on Facebook N U M B Nuts Numbnuts, um, or you can email us and I'll sign you up, give you all the details. In fact, I'm loaning a bike to somebody already. Uh, and Emma, you might be loaning a bike to somebody. Yes, apparently. As well. Yes. Yeah. I'll choose something with a nice, uncomfortable seat. And then uh, one other quick announcement. Yeah. Um, John has been hard at work. Yep. And he edited a video. We it used to be Mike doing all our videos. Yeah. Um, now Mike, uh, John's taking over, and he did one from Bad Matt's Flat Track. Oh, he did. And Freya oh. is a star. Oh, yeah. She that's is a star in there. That's her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely her. You got to get her a satin pink jacket with like yeah. whatever oh, fox. She would on love it. it. Oh yeah. She had gemstones, rhinestones. She's totally so cute. Good. That was so fun. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be putting that up on our YouTube and our um on our Facebook page. But I wanted to get to some emails. Emma, you have a lovely one there. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jim, you should get yours ready. Those are both good ones for you guys. Listo. Emma first. Okay, so this one is from Brian McCarthy. Oh, I know McCarthy as well. Um, Hello, Emma. Say hello, Emma. And the Misfits from a new Patreon member. So you're just the the other Misfits. That's not Paul, right? I seem to have a habit of doing things wrong. So far, they've all worked out. I only started writing six years ago. Well, you've you've done everything right so far, darling. Um, My first motorcycle is a 2014 Yamaha Super 10. That's quite a big first motorcycle. Um, I went straight from the NSF beginner class to Alberta Metro commuting traffic on it. We have had 34,000 wonderful miles together. How's that wrong? Well done. That's awesome. If loving that bike is wrong, I don't want to be right. (laughs) Um, My second is a 2003 Yamaha R6 track bike. Oh, that'll wake you up. Um, And my first track day was at Barber Motorsports Park. It was a blast, but COVID slowed me down, and I haven't had it out again yet. Hasn't had the bike out either. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, in preparation... Lonely winter. Yes, it's been a long, lonely winter, Mikey. 
in preparation of turning 60 this year, as am I, I thought I'd try something completely different that equaled my age. I bought a 1962 Yamaha YD3. I'm planning to clean it up and make it safely rideable survivor example. What uh, size? What size? YD3? Yeah, 250 twin. So is that a little uh, trail bike? No. No. It looks like a Honda Dream. Okay, got it. Um, Got it. I've never had a two-stroke motor of any significance, so this 250 parallel twin will present me some challenges. Mm -hmm. For now, here's a picture of my current N plus one. There's a picture of it. Yeah, it's pretty. Oh, it looks yeah a lot lot like the Honda Dream, but less squareness. Yeah, it's quite round. Does Emma happen to have a checklist of to check or test before trying to start and ride such an old bike? Oh yes, darling. Um, I will have further questions for Emma. I just ask that you please be gentle, even when I'm doing it wrong. Oh, sweetie. I haven't got a mean bone in my body. And there is no real wrong way unless you attack it with a hammer. Um, <laughs> Which you, sometimes, if it's the right hammer, yes, it can does be. the job. So YD3 is very, very interesting. You know, Yamaha, um, they only started importing bikes to the States in 56. So this represents six years in. Um, and it's still quite a rudimentary bike in a lot of ways. However, it does have oil injection, so it has a separate oil tank. It was something of a pioneer with that. And it has got a Dyna starter, which is also very interesting. So, it's, in mm. effect, it's electric yeah. start. Um, you know, the elephant in the room with all two strokes are the crank seals. The way they work is they draw their air-fuel air mixture in underneath the piston. And then as the piston comes down, it squishes the air-fuel mixture up through the transfer ports and over the top of the piston where it gets squished when the piston comes up and ignited. On a bike of this age, I'm sure that the crank seals are going to be turning to mush. So you may be in for an engine strip. All you can do, make sure the gas tank is clean, make sure the carburetor is clean, Make sure the points are gapped clean and gapped correctly. Make sure the plugs are clean and gapped correctly. And you have a decent battery in. One or two things is going to happen. It'll either start up and run like a dream or it'll run like a three-legged horse. And if it runs like a three-legged horse and you've got compression moving from cylinder to cylinder and a stink of gasoline in the um, transmission or gasoline dripping out of the Dynastarter case... Yeah, you're going to be in for crank seals. Um, but good luck. And little by little, you know. Yeah. It's been around. This bike's been around for 60 years. So what's, what's the rush? What a great project bike. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And it looks absolute. This, the white walls are sublime. Yeah. Would you like to know an old hot rodder's trick for keeping a white walls white? <clears throat> I would, yes. Sure. Toothpaste. Ooh. Just scrub it with toothpaste. Yeah, little little scrubbing brush and toothpaste to make your mm. white walls nice and bright. Brilliant. Yeah, an old hot rod has taught me that. Mm. Mm. There one. you go. All right, Jim, what you got there? Okay, uh, this is titled Podcast 451. Kind of like Fahrenheit. I think but the last one. was. Oh, yeah, okay, there you go. So, uh, hey, all, uh, this is from Mason Rickert. Hey, Mason. Hey, Mason. Uh, hey, all, I just had a couple of thoughts on 451 that I just caught up on. Uh, y'all were talking about the Hippo Hands uh, wet, cold weather riding fixes. I've used the California-made Motosport or Motoport Overmitts. 
and they are the best twelve dollars I've ever spent. Nice. That sounds like a good twelve bucks right oh, that, there. That was two episodes ago when we debated the KLR and the DR. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he's he left a link here. It's uh, they call it like a nylon overmitten. <clears throat> Uh, it goes goes on. So I also love the uh, bike debate. Thank you for that. Mm. I'm glad the DR won, as I loved my DR Sumo I had a couple of years ago. Still salt. I'm still Ooh. salty about that, by the way. <laughs> Way better bike than the KLR. <laughs> of course it uh, is. Oh, stop oh it. my. Um, okay, I've always been amazed when I hear the emails of people finding you guys, and that's great. The crew is, uh, the crew is pretty clear with Liza is the boss lady and yes, the brains. Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, about that. <laughs> she's the bossy lady with the brains. Um, <clears throat> Emma is the oracle, sees all, knows all, oh, is always a light mm. in any storm. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Mason. A beacon of hope. Yep. There's no other yep. word for you that well, that's three words. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if you're on a motorcycle and you need hope, you are that beacon. And you, you've got a broken down urinal. <laughs> Who are you going to call? <laughs> Emma! <laughs> oh, Actually, Mikey would be the one to call for that, but, you know. Me? Yeah. Broken down urinal? That's, that's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. And I got a big uh, truck, so. Yes. There you go. Uh, oh, and then Bagel is the scooter version of Emma. Well yeah. said. Well, that's <laughs> very true, yeah. I would not dis- yeah. in distance champ. Uh, Knock is the youth voice. <laughs> you have no idea how old Knock is. He's, he's, he's an old he's man. Old <laughs> I he's, like Knock, He might though. be young, but he's, he's pretty like old. guy from uh, Big Trouble in Little China, you know, the Asian dude. <laughs> I think he hangs chill. out with young people more than the rest yeah. of us, though, so we'll give him credit for that. <clears throat> then he goes on to say, now, yeah. Jim, question mark. Uh, oh, you gave me this for that. Okay. Uh, I wanted to send a special shout out to Jim. All right, cool. Right on. Hey, shout out. I'm a long time uh, every episode listener. Wow. wow. And nice. oh, shit, my eyes. Uh, listener <laughs> and multi-gen Patreon t-shirt recipient. Cool. Right on. I think Jim's story deserves his own history hole. Uh, to the current listener, he's the ultimate person doing biker shit. Oh, that's generous. Wow. I agree with yeah. that. And he also makes me feel great about my motosexual ADD. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. Uh, in search to find my perfect and current bike livery. Uh, but his story from trying to find out who these adults were that were allowing his teen, barely teen daughter to hang out, uh, to falling in love with and making bikes an integral part of his way of life is story worthy. Coming to motorcycling late in life and having it become such an important part of it is inspiring. Wow, that's cool. That's Thanks, awesome. man. Well, you're you're like twice as inspiring to me. I appreciate that. Um, I mean that sincerely. Okay, I'm sure the rest of us longtime listeners miss the in studio in studio contributors as well as special shout outs to all uh the cats. And maybe cat. <laughs> the cats. I'm gonna say yeah. cat too. All the cats. Uh Mikey three times. Yo. Hey. Doug Lucas What's and all, up? I know, right? Uh Doug and Lucas. That's a good one there. And uh, all the others who have certainly enriched my life. And all those who are lucky enough to have found Eminem podcast, thank you. Keep up the great and important work, Mason. Cheers, Mason. That's right awesome, on, nice, Mason. Yeah, thanks, Mason. All right, I think we have time for one more. You got one there, John? <clears throat> I do. This is from Mike Prefontaine. Hey, Mike. Hi, Mike. Oh, that is a good last that is name. Good. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if it's Italian. If he's a Guinea, like me, or there's something else going on. No, no, no. no I, that's I just, Canadian. That's definitely Canadian. Oh, is it Canadian? It, it could be Canadian or from the deep he's south. Defenseman from the Ottawa. Yeah, every time you watch a Canadian show, you always see Fontaine and Prefontaine. I'm pretty sure it's from I had from Oregon. the other day. <laughs> yeah, Oregon's uh, I'm pretty sure Oregon's Canada. And we digress. <laughs> Oregon is Canada. You know what I mean? Sorry, I started that. So, Pretty been much. a big fan of the show and love listening to your hilarious hijinks. <laughs> Tra-la-la. Wawa. My question to you is this. What is a good beginner bike that is good for the street but has some road capabilities? 
Hayabusa. <laughs> I want a bike that I can take to work in the city, but can also go check out the forest roads in our fabulous Rocky Mountains. I'm 5'9", mm-hmm. 260. Was thinking of the KLR 650 or the Honda CB500X for a starter. And once I get more confident, move up to the Africa Twin, Suzuki V-Strom, or Tenray 700. What do you ride? Hmm. Thanks again for the feedback and the great show. Mike from Vancouver, BC. So you're right. Oh, and, and, you're right. oh I nailed it, huh? Yeah, you totally did. Look at and, that. And, right. and there it is again. The same question comes up all the time. I just saw yeah. a picture of a 2021 Honda CB500X. Mm-hmm. It's got a big oh. front wheel. Really? Ooh, yes. Go. Biggest in uh, 19 inch, probably. No, I think it it might have been a twenty one. Ooh, oh, that will, changes the game right there. I will have to toddle off down to the Honda dealer and have a look. But God, that's a good bike. Yeah, that would be sweet. Mm. That is a good, but far better than the KLR six fifty. Yeah. Sorry, John. But at the end of the day, no, I think, actually, yeah, I believe that. I'll say just dual sports. I think dual sports are yeah. the best entry level bike, regardless, because then it get, you can you can check it all. 250, Conversely, three hundred. Yeah, small no. dual sports. Hayabusa, stretch Fresh. the swing arm, put TKC seventies on it. Or TKC 80s. Why not? You may have to raise the front fender a little. See, I think no, you take just it off. <laughs> I think you should just go buy the T7. Yeah. I mean, that's it's about as tall as a KLR. Well, it gets and, back to price, too, but yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's under 10 grand. Go buy the T7. Do it. I'm going to say the Adventure Scooter by Honda. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> I really want that to be a thing. I think it's cool. I want it to be a contender in this category. I really do. Oh, can I mention right quick different yeah. subject? While we're on scooters, though, is the uh, Blackjack, what was that scooter we had in here? That one? Oh, the, the Buddy. The, the, the buddy, buddy. The genuine Buddy. Yes, the genuine Buddy 150 was happily, I rode it back to its owner's house this morning. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. she nice. was ecstatic. So she couldn't believe it. It hadn't been ridden in four years. That's and great. Blah, blah, blah. So she, you push them in. And we ride him out. Yes, and I told her that uh, if she ever wanted to give thanks, just come down on a Sunday and, and say hello to Emma. And um, you've got video of me with my entire fist in the airbox <laughs> of that thing doing an Italian tune-up, don't you? <laughs> yes, that's true. I was fisting the airbox. Oh, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> to go back and, and, and answer the email, I mean, we've already in this conversation yeah. talked about so many bikes that fit mm. that, but it also comes down to your budget. If it's under four mm-hmm. grand... Under five, four or five grand, KLR. then you're looking at these KLRs. If you have extra money to spend, you want to get a, a newer bike. Right. Or, I mean, I love my KTM 690 Enduro. I mean, wow, right? Might be a little hard for first bike. I think, sure, you know. But I'm just saying there yeah. are other bikes. Or Mikey's uh, SWM right. 500, you know? They have a 300 version of that, too. You know, the important thing is to get a bike that you enjoy and you're comfortable with because, you know, this is his first bike. Right. Mm -hmm. And you always want to be mindful that if you have a really shit experience with your first bike, you might think, you know, motorcycling's crap when it isn't. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant and Mm -hmm. it's absolutely everything. So you want to choose carefully and really... You know, spend the most you can afford. Yeah, and and know you'll drop it. So get something you'll be, if you drop it, you're not going to like shit yeah. your pants. You'll be like, oh, I dropped it. And you'll be you know, back up. I still, you know, I still like that little rally raid of yours. It just needs that little bit of power. You know, I rode that 250 today because I hadn't ridden it for a God, while. God, they're brilliant. I was, doing, I, was, I was doing 75 on the freeway, no problem with full on knobbies. I mean, it's a, I, I, I might hang on to it for a while for my so <laughs> town bike. My, I swear to God. My house guest for Christmas, um, 
none other than famous musician and horseman Mike Beck. Oh, he's my hero. Um, went home to um, Montana. I actually took him up to the airport in the middle of the night <laughs> on Wednesday morning. Um, so I've been tooling around on his um, 225 Cerro. Yeah. Freaking Oh, they're fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a great little bike. God, it goes. That thing will do like 70 miles an yeah. hour. Yeah, people, under, I mean, where, where those bikes suffer is like a, like a loose hill climb or something like that. But trail right. biking and cruising around, they're, they're great. So then let's say um, CB500X. I think that's the it's, choice it's a, it's a great there. Bike. And I will also then throw in, because you know I love to throw in a wild card, the uh, Benelli TK502. Mm. Mm. Interesting. TK or not TK? That is the I'm question. throwing in a wild card. If you can find it. And it really comes down to what you can find now because there's still a shortage yeah. of bikes to find. But um, Benelli TK502 may want to consider that. So can we talk about my second gear conundrum with my Benelli? No. Okay. No, we're we- uh, sadly out of time. Oh, boo. Well, well I'll bring it to the oh. table next um, week because it's quite a good story. But I have a question for Mike. Mike, did you submit a bike to the one show? For next year? Yeah, this year. 22. We're in it. Oh, are we? We're yeah. in it. Did you miss the deadline? No, yeah, we did. My, yeah, I can do it if you want. We can, it's I, not use a my test. trailer. It'd be Mikey Did time. you submit a bike yet? No. You need to. Yeah, I think well, you need to do it when trailer, you get so home. Can, listen, you send Mike, me whatever I we're need. We're going. You right, need how to many submit. bikes can I can I bring? When is it? It's in April. April. It's at the end of April, beginning of. I'll May, bring all my choppers. Yeah, you don't. No, you, but no, you, you need to submit them and be accepted. You have to be okay, accepted. Fine. Well, send me whatever I need, and I'll do it. No, you do it. Ill. Fuck it, dude. Mikey, you're all grown up. All you go. Listen, Mike. 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 Listen, Mike. All you do is you go to the one moto show. I'm gonna you have go, my secretary do it. You go to one moto show Freya? website. No, Are you no, paying attention? Where? It's like dealing with an infant. You go to the one moto show mm-hmm. website. You go to the get involved. You click on that and you click on submit a bike. And then you tell them all about your bike and the best picture of it. Okay, are you guys have a booth? Are you selling merchandise? What are you, what are no, you doing? but we're going to attend, and, so, uh, and people are submitting bikes. Did McCarthy submit? So McCarthy show. submitted the yeah. um, the Hayabusa slash Sportster. Um, <clears throat> fingers crossed Tobo's going to be there again. Are you submitting a bike? Because yeah. I'm going to bring my trailer so I can yeah, yeah but you need there. to get accepted. Fine. You okay. have to be accepted. Fine, Liza. Okay. Ew. <laughs> so the... I think the idea is, Mike, <laughs> if we can get three or four, awesome. if we can get three or four misfit bikes together, and we arrive at the same time, we can take over a little corner well, we of the Zydel shipyard. But you need to submit oh the bike. Okay, it doesn't I'll matter what yeah, the bike. Like they'll All take right. me. On a loop and here. listen, I can get four bikes up there: one in my truck and three in the trailer. All right, so go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. You'll find the links to everything there. In fact, in the show notes, uh, for our YouTube channel, check out our videos. And we've had some more sales. Uh, Another motosexual mug went out on Zazzle.com. You'll find the link there, too. Um, But most importantly, send us an email at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. Emma, I opened up. Some more uh, Ask Miss Emma spots already. Already, about half of them got filled within 24 hours of me opening it. Fantastic. So, how many did you open? I opened up 10. 
Wow. And within within hours, half of them were filled. Well, that's fantastic. I'd better monitor yeah. my... And the thing is, I want to make a couple of things clear with the Ask Miss Emma thing. Number one is I will stick with you throughout the whole of the process of getting your bike fixed. So it's not just like a one and done. Beacon it's not hope. like It's yeah, not like yeah. Mike's vest. The oracle. Yeah. The oracle of hope. Um, Two pump chump. So <laughs> if you have a problem and I give you some suggestions and it doesn't work, we'll keep with it. But the second thing is, remember, um, I'm very, very busy. Um, I work from Monday to Friday. On Saturday, I, you know, cook breakfast for the homeless people, and then on Sunday I come here. Sure, busy, Emma, um, but I promise I will get around to answering the emails yeah. as and when they come in. So yeah, heads up, keep an eye on that email, Emma, because oh, I will. We've a minute more. So if you would like to take one of those spots, uh, you'll see the link again in the show notes to our Patreon page, or you can go to uh, Patreon and look under Motorcycles and Misfits. Um, Mikey, thanks for showing up. It's good to have you. Yeah, isn't it nice? It's nice to have him sitting next to me on the classic old couch. Yeah, it was was perfect because I was with the family all day and they wanted to get rid of me. So it was like... (laughs) (laughs) Totally understand. Dear old dad is obsolete to requirements. All right. I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks, everyone. This is Eliza. Dumpy John. Emma Darling. Mikey, three times. Make it Jim, son. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. Cool. Cool.